0: No problem. Cheers, Luke. Cheers.
1: Everybody, it's Andrew Davis from Toontalk Talk Radio again. How's everybody this evening? Well, it's been a, a bit of a it's been a roller coaster last couple of months to do with Newcastle United. Remember you can tune in to my guest tonight and it's uh, www.toontalk.co.uk, and you can also catch us at www.nova-radio. UK and also via the TuneIn app and also via Google Play, would you believe? So I'm everywhere at the moment. Uh, obviously, I'm engaged. So, but so I actually went abroad uh, for the for the end of the season. It wasn't really that much planned, but I went abroad to Australia to see the see the the family. And I have to tell you, it's amazing that you can just you can watch any Newcastle United game. And that brings you to my point. Now we're in the championship. Or hardly going to be on TV. Uh, has the Rafa effect um, seems to have galvanised the fans? Who would have thought that Newcastle United being relegated would be actually probably looking at a 52,000 uh, sellout next, this coming week against Huddersfield Town? Nobody could have said that. My actual thoughts were that if Rafa had left, uh, Mike Asher would have sold the club and uh, or oh, we would have been and talked to somebody anyway, because everybody in the leagues, everybody in the Premier League, everybody all over seems to be getting taken over these days for rock-bottom prices. How come Newcastle out? Well, we've got a superb fan base, and at the end of the season isn't it crazy? The fact that we, if we had beaten Aston Villa away from home, we would have actually stayed up. How insane is that? And now we've got a whole bunch of players coming in, and a whole bunch of players have gone out. And I think we've still got a few players coming in. And that brings me to my, my first guest, who has so much knowledge on Newcastle. Cash night, he scares me. And obviously, he he's, uh, gets a few primal uh, uh, digs. People get lots of digs into Lee, to Lee Ryder of the Evening Chronicle. Um, so tonight is his night, and various others, of course. So good evening, Lee Ryder. How are you?
2: I'm very good, thank you.
1: Good. Um, so it's been a... Obviously, for you, um, it's been a very, very interesting summer with the breaking news, the people leaving, people coming in, still players coming out. What's it like at the sharp end?
2: Well, you know, from a journalism point of view, I think we've had a fantastic summer at the Chronicle. Mm. We've managed to get all of the players, um, all of the transfer stories first, uh, which is obviously a great thing for us. Um, But more importantly, I think it's an exciting time for the club in terms of, rebuilding and you know renewing refresh whatever you want to say and mm. um, the club are now you know kicking on and hopefully challenging to get back where um we don't like the thing we belong
1: mm. i think um it what we particular i know a lot of people lo, a lot is made of the fact that um rafa that the fans obviously screaming for him to stay mm-hmm. what was it like on a on the obviously you know the ins and outs of everything i suppose when it comes to Newcastle united over the years um, were you surprised that he stayed because obviously Alan Shearer thought there was no chance in hell he was going to stay
2: I, w- I wasn't I wasn't I think it started to grow a little bit um, I think if he would have you know if there had to be a decision made after that Aston Villa game then I think maybe he wouldn't have stayed but then I think he realised the love from the fans was there um, the desire for him to, to remain as manager was also there and I think really it was almost that, that Tottenham game. I don't think you had much of a choice, really, after that. Um, but there was still a lot of work to be done. And, you know, maybe, you know, credit where it's due um, to the club. They got him to stay, they gave him the budget. And, um, you know, it's, you'd like to think things are moving on now. I know we had a little setback on Friday. Um, but, you know, things seem to be more positive, certainly around the club. Um I think there's obviously a few things that still need to be sorted out. A few more players will come in, um, I can tell you that. Um and there'll be you know a few departures out and I think it doesn't take a genius to work out um who will be leaving um in the next few weeks. So so much so much going on. Um I know Rafa really, you know, has big plans for Newcastle. Um obviously the first step is to get promoted. And then after that, um, we'll, see what, we'll see what happens. But it's, it's one step at a time. Um, that's the only way they can go at the moment. And as Friday night proved, there's mm. going to be a few little bumps in the road.
1: Well, I think you've shocked um, Neil Mitchell in Dubai because he's managed to come in. He's actually on the line now. But the fact that you haven't given the, it, us an exclusive, being the oh. best radio station in the northeast. What's your thoughts on that, Neil?
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right, lads. How are you doing? Greetings from the <laughs> desert, belatedly. <laughs> How's it going? Yeah, man, not too bad, mate. How's your good self? Not not supporting you in a good long while.
2: No, it's been a while. Um No, yeah, it's, it's going good down here. Obviously, we're just hoping things turn round um, and the quicker you know, the better. I
3: absolutely, I agree 100. percent. I mean, it, it, I, I think you've you've said there about about little bumps along the way. Mm-hmm. I'm just glad to get to get to be honest with you, get a defeat out of the way. I was watching in a bar over here with with a few lads. And lasses from the, from Newcastle and some of them were on their phones looking at internet in betting sites and some of the betting sites were given as low as forty to one for it to go unbeaten all season and that just doesn't <laughs> happen. That's just yeah. ridiculous. I mean and that's not us. You know what it is? That mm. that could that's something that could be thrown at us. Here yeah, they go again, deluded jodies blah 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 blah. That's not us. That's the boogies. So we've got it out of yeah. the way. You know, it, it is a little bit of a wake up call, to be honest with you. You know, Crack on, he who laughs last and all that. Aston Villa, who, whose fans had a little laugh on Friday and Saturday, <laughs> they, they had a bit of a rea- reality check as well. This is not an easy division, and it's a harder division than the last time we win it, and we're not going to run away with it at all. And I think everybody knows that. I think everybody knows that. Mm. And I think the other thing you've touched on as well, from when I was listening in there, there's a whole change in the entire ethos of the club Everything from the way they communicate with the fans through social media down to the way you, we actually go and buy players. There's none of this getting them over the line rubbish, which seemed to be wow. a big issue for years. Now, all of a sudden, Rafa's gone out and said, right, I want that one, that one, that one, and that's it, done. Um, and I think he was trying to get his business done before the Premiership team started spending their money and had pushed the prices up, because that certainly seems to have um, skewed everything once again, which everybody kind of expected
2: yeah, yeah. No, I agree with that. I, I I think actually Rafa wanted his business done a lot quicker than it has yep. been done to be honest. Um yep. I, I think in an ideal world, um the Sissoko thing would have been sorted out by now. I mean his initial his initial feeling on Sissoko was from the state. Now mm. I don't think that's it didn't sound like a good idea at the moment the way, the <laughs> way things have been going on, you know, talking to French major and making no secret of you know the fact he wants to leave. It's 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 disappointing to see. And, and I think Wernham for all we didn't want him to go really, um, Well, I certainly didn't as a, as a supporter. We did at, at least at least he uh, he got on with his um mm. his business the right way. You know he didn't come yeah. out and shout and ball about it. But Sissoko's doing that at the moment. And, uh, we the, the last thing we need is that sort of like hovering over the club for the, the first uh, few games of the season
3: he's created an, he's created an absolutely untenable situation hasn't he um, mm. and I, and I, I keep, keep pointing out to people over here from fans of other clubs you know saying oh well he's this and he's that and I show them that little clip of him during the European Championships where he's warming up on the touchline mm. and he suddenly <laughs> realises the camera's on him and suddenly he gets yeah. busy you know yeah. and it's like <laughs> well there you go in 15 seconds there's that there's the player in 15 seconds. That's the measure of him right there, is that we maybe have got three big performances out of him in a season when even if we would got 10, 11 or 12, might not mean the difference between staying up and not. And, and it, it's, it's pathetic, really, the way he's gone on, the way he's behaving. He's created this untenable situation. He's an asset that has to be sold now. We can't let him sit and rot in the reserves, although I would quite happily let that happen. Um, I'd catch a plane and drive him anywhere he wanted to go, but the trouble is, he's talk talking Champions League. Mm. Where are they? Where are the bids? You know, and and he's 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 not helped himself at all because it'll be. I'm sure there's some managers they'll be looking at what he's doing, thinking, Nah, suspect character. I don't fancy that. Mm. I don't know what you think, Lee, but I, 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 he's not putting a good advert for himself either, is he?
1: It's no surprise,
3: Lee well, is it? Well, I
2: mean the The first part of that is really who who has been interested? well, I think there has been some interest, believe it or not, from Real Madrid and Juventus. however, mm. they're not interested in the price that Newcastle want, so mm. that's the you know the the first part of it the, the second part is is that now what happens if he doesn't get the move well, I think he will get the move whether he ends up you know having to go to Crystal Palace or something like that yeah. um you know. I think they're a very last a last resort, but I think he will he will go, but you know if if say that it doesn't happen in the corner agree a price um then I think Raphael'll probably just try and be professional, get him settled down again and and see what happens but the the one thing he's got going in his favor is he's got what, twenty three days now of the window to go, mm, yeah. and that's that's quite a long time that's enough time to do do some business so yeah I think he he will be gone, but it's it's what happens. Between you know now and then really, and mm. how he applies himself.
1: What's your take on the the, the whole um, the changing of the guard, the players that have been brought in? Obviously, Kieran Clark coming in raised a number of uh, eyebrows, certainly to me. But but the, I think Rafa looks at the whole piece, doesn't he? He thinks well, he can play it all along the back four. Um, noises are being raised that they're looking for Galloway, which which suggests that. Um, uh, Paul Dummett, one of my favourite actually players actually, um, is g- going to be possibly switched over because of the lack of pace. What, what's your thoughts on them?
2: Well, I, I think cover is the key word um, yep. we're talking about there really. I think uh, last season we didn't have it. didn't have it the season before. If you remember hmm. yep. the yep. derby against Sunderland when you had Jan Matt playing centre-half. Um, I think Jack Carbac was left back. And uh, I think maybe it's Vernon or someone else right back. There was there was mm-hmm. several players out of position, and it was just a ridiculous situation. Um, and then obviously it was compounded a few weeks later when Williamson and Yamak got sent off. If you remember at that game at mm-hmm. Leicester, and uh, it just you know you you couldn't actually write down um, the correct players in the in the correct position. So cover has been a, a big issue for more than one season now and I think the likes of Clark coming in uh, the lad at Evans who's been mentioned and there's been a few others mm. um, that you've got to have cover because there's been too many players broken down in the last few years and uh, these, these slots need to be filled and Rafa's no fool; he knows that injuries will come in it's going to be a long hard winter but you know 45 games yeah. left to go people are going to pick up knocks and uh, we've only got 23 days to get that squad in place so I would expect to see more sort of fringe players coming in and then the other thing is you know with certain players you you don't know what's going to happen in the last few hours of the transfer window as well Um, some of the players in the Newcastle squad believe me there's Premier League clubs who've got them on the list and if they don't Mm get choice A and B then there could be a few C's on there so it's going to be an interesting last few uh, weeks of the transfer window.
1: You said you said Winaldum. Um, obviously, he scored a few goals, a few goals, well, a few goals at, at home, especially. But I, I, I was interested. When you said you, you thought he was a good player. Um, I'm sure at Liverpool, he'll do exactly what he did. What he do at Newcastle, he'll come on, flatter for a couple of games, disappear. Um, is that do you, do you think that his performance last season, because they were terrible. The Second half you, of the
2: season. I mean, I've, I've you know you just need to go on a little Google search and you'll see uh, <laughs> see what my thoughts were on the second second half of the season. Mm. Um, first half couldn't be faltered, but he wasn't mm. strong enough to carry the whole team. Um, second half, when we actually needed him, um, he couldn't he couldn't inspire. I think it might be a bit different from Liverpool. There's there's a lot of quality in that team, you know, the likes Coutinho, Coutinho, people like that who, you know, there's, there's enough for them to carry um, the team there. He won't have to do it all by himself. At Newcastle, that was the problem. He he, he kind of perished under the pressure a little bit. So, I think he's only a human being. Um, I remember interviewing him on the last game of the season. I, there was two players after the Tottenham game um, that I tried to interview. Uh, Wijnaldum,
4: mm-hmm.
2: I spoke to. He said he couldn't give me an answer on his future, but at least he spoke. to so Soko. I said, have you got two minutes? Uh, and he said no because I know what you're going to ask me, and I said well, I'll see you in August, and he just laughed and walked off. So,
5: <laughs>
2: so these are the these are the chal- little oh, challenges that Jesus. journalists are presented uh, <laughs> with. That you know people don't, people don't see every single angle of it. You know you, these these guys aren't guaranteed to to speak to you, um, and so was one of them, but he's obviously been very vocal with us with the French press uh, this week.
1: I think, uh, the, the, the one thing I think if he, you know, we're, we're talking about a team here, but the, the interesting thing I found is even when Benitez came in, yes, he, he, he was quite good at the end of the season, the one thing that worries me is that, you know, I, I, I've, the one thing he's kept on saying that he has dealt with this league before. Um, the problem, I don't know what you think, Lee, but I've never thought Newcastle will guarantee to go, up, to go up next season whatsoever. There's been, too yeah. much go- there's been too much going on over the last couple of years where so many people have, are to blame. It's simply incredible. But uh, this is the worst thing, isn't it? Like, for me, it could become the worst ca- scenario. I agree with Neil when he says it, we've got it over with because even I, <laughs> you, get us, you get swept away by it, don't you? Oh, we, like even in your, even your dreams, you think we could, we could, get, um, we could go unbeaten. But but that's the thing, isn't it? You get you get it's Newcastle United. It's the vibe, isn't it? We want to believe. We've got a manager we we believe in, and um, but you you do worry that, you know, in that in this league, we're going to have to go on a run like Burnley, right, Lee? You would think. Yeah, I mean, t- to be honest, I think
2: a lot certainly been made in the last sort of few few days. I've seen on Twitter about like. Mm-hmm deluded Newcastle fans. Now, for me, that's not, that's not the area where I live. I, I, you know, I've talked to a lot of Newcastle fans, socialised with a lot of Newcastle fans, and every single fan I've spoke to this summer says, yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. No one, no, I, you know, as Neil was saying, that it, was the, it was the bookies that dreamt that better, but I've been unbeaten. No way Newcastle fans would walk around saying, saying that. they have been in this division before, even last time, while we did win at a canter, there were some sticky moments, you know, Scunthorpe, uh, away from home, we got beat down there, Blackpool, teams like that, there was, there was a few, you know, we did really well in that season, but there was still a few bumps in the road, Um, I mean, you and Neil both remember, you know, we spent I think four years in the second division, in the Mm -hmm. late 80s, early 90s, it wasn't easy, so Mm -hmm. I, I I don't think any proper Newcastle fan, We'll know. We'll, we'll think that this is going to be a walk in the park because we all know it's going to be very difficult. Um, the home games are going to be important, but there's, you know, I look down the fish list and there's some, t- there's some tough games there. Um, and if, you know, if you offered me any type of promotion, um, I would take it now. I'm not pushed about finishing champions. Whether I we'll have to go through the playoffs or not, I don't know. Uh, second place, we'll take that. So we, we know it's going to be hard and. Certainly the, the Newcastle fans out have sport know that, that what, what lies ahead, to, you know, we've, we've been here before. It's, it's going to be tough and there's no one saying anything uh, to reverse that. And, I mean, all the stuff about the hype about Rafa coming in, I think really when you work for a newspaper like I do, um, it, the demand is there. The, the fans want to be seeing what's going on. They want to see what Rafa's got to say. And this is one of the first managers we've had for a while who's been proactive with the press, like normally it all shuts down over the summer and you don't yes. see them in the first or second week in pre-season training, Rafa actually made himself available at least three times over the close season and made sure that every reporter went away and had plenty to write about, so I think 10 out of 10 of Rafa for that.
3: Yeah, Neil? Well, that just again reflects, I think, the entire feeling within the club that's being created, and you talk about getting carried away, uh, you know, Andrew, it, we're allowed to, because what, the, what he's restored is hope, and that's that's what we thrive on, it's not about we want to be winning the Champions League every year, and, any, and all the other crap that's thrown at where, the accusations that are thrown at we want to go toe-to-toe with the great and good and bloody the odd nose along the way, and, and stick two fingers up to the football and so-called self-appointed elite, that's all we thrive on, give us the hope. Give us a chance that we we'll might go to Wembley again. Give us a chance that we'll get a good cup running along the way. Just give us something to, to, to believe in again. Because we've had that slowly throttled out of over the last 10 years. you know. And, and, and that's what it's all about. So do you know what? I don't care about anybody getting carried away. Let them get carried away. That's what football's about, isn't it? And if, and if we're not allowed to do that, we might as well stop. We might as well become part of the Sky Generation. We might as well become the kind of fans that you get out here who sit and ask me, Why do you support Newcastle? You know, and you're like, Well, because it's my team. Yeah, Why do you know. not support Chelsea? Because it's not my team. You know, I'm not just going to jump on the next winning horse. It's not, not what I do. It's not the way I'm brought up. It, I'm brought up to be black and white through and through. You know, and, and, and it's that's, that's all we want is that hope back. And so. You know, I, I don't mind people getting a bit carried away on it, because um, to be, to underneath all of that is the stoke cynicism that we've picked up because we've not worn out since 1969. You mm-hmm. know, we know where we're at in the footballing world, um, mm-hmm. and we're quite happy with our place there. Thank you very much. We just want that hope back, and that's that's what's been restored. Is this openness and the hope, and I think it's fabulous. You made yourself available over the summer. You know, there's, there's, there's not many managers would do that at all. But I think oh. he's bought into this. And I don't know if you picked up, uh, up on this, uh, Lee, in your reporting, but he uses this word project a lot. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And, yeah, and know, so, so, have, so have some of the players that he's signed. I'm excited to be part of this project. Mm. I think Jesus yeah. Gomez said that when he signed, and I think uh, I forget who the other one was that used the same phrase. And there's something bigger. Going on underneath all of this, I think personally, um, that he wants to, to do it right and do it the right way because he sees it as this big thing to restore everything back in Newcastle United. In fair play to the man, and that's why, you know, we're desperate for him to succeed. Not just because of that, but because we can see what he's putting in already. Yeah, um, I totally agree.
2: It is a bigger, there's a big thing here. The foundation's being laid. Um, and that hasn't happened for a long time either. Mm. Um, I mean, it was only, you know, <laughs> believe it or not, it was only three years ago I had Joe Kinnear at the
1: helm. <laughs> on some, Twitter?
2: You know, yeah, he's on Twitter. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him to be on Twitter, but I'm not happy for him to be running running the football club, you know. Um, but Rafa has come in, he's laid foundations, it's a project, whatever you want to sort of um, mm. call it. And I think he wasn't allowed to do that at Real Madrid because he was so well established over there. Mm. It was just impossible to, to build anything because they've got a completely different attitude. Um, obviously, a winning attitude. Um, but I think that's certainly what he's trying to restore here. Right, you know, not just the first team, right down the club to the mm. you know academy and the, you know all the under under level under 11s, under 12s, all the way through. He's trying to get that same kind of mentality. Then I think that that's, that's got to be
1: a, po- a positive thing. Uh, what was, what's your thoughts on um, the new player that's coming out, Diarmi? Because he, I think uh, the fact that obviously he's been bought because of you know they the, the thinking Sissoko is going to be away. But if if we look if we look across the piece, do you yeah. think he would place Sissoko on Saturday? Because <laughs> he paid.
2: Well, this this is why uh, this is what why we we'll have a. You know one of the world class managers and nearly world class manager there's no doubt about that yeah. um I think on paper, you know if Sosok would going been sold for the thirty million or thirty five million mm-hmm. whatever they, they were going to get from, and then the army comes in for four point five that's a great transaction where mm-hmm. you know you've made a lot of money and you replace them with a player who's just as good, if not better um I think could they both play the weekend well? Again, that's up to Rafa Benitez. I mean as as much as it he, he won't listen to all the you know, all the hysteria of what he, should he play, shouldn't he play. He'll he'll judge whether the player's ready uh, and is focused enough to play. You might say to him, you know, you've got a better chance of getting a move if you come and play on Saturday and score a couple of goals and, mm-hmm. you know, endure what 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 comes out of you. 'cause let's be honest Come 5 o'clock, if Newcastle have won 3-0 and has played well, people will be happy enough. You might get a few boos, but people will be happy enough with that result. So, Rafa will judge it all on um, focus and, and see what happens from there. Personally, it could be a stretch, but, you know, let's try to be positive here. This is Soko thing aside. The is probably going to come in and have his debut. Clark's probably going to have his debut. You know, Gamed hasn't been involved uh, from the start yet, so... Let's see what happens. There'll be a few changes at the weekend and um, hopefully it can be a positive result and we can kick on from there.
1: The thing is that you've got uh, Mitrovic being linked away from Newcastle. Now, Mm. I must admit, how many times last season did we see Mitrovic get the ball just off the halfway line but the lad's got zero pace? Now, Mm. there's a problem there and I... You can un- like I can understand why he's been linked away, not because of the sendings off, but when you've got Nout in the tank, it doesn't matter how big you are. Um, it doesn't it, to me. It it makes no difference if you've got no pace in this particular league. You've got to have something to. You've got to have a trick. You've got to be able to cross, obviously he's going to have to get lots and lots of crosses in. Now I, I think the the way that we played on Friday, I don't think there was any other way we could have gone. In essence. But the thing that worries me, it's such a dull league to watch and uh, obviously 52,000 people are going to be watching games where it's home Newcastle Newcastle, going to have to go for it. So, having said all that, um, with uh, obviously my favourite player in the world, Andy Carroll, but um, I can't... Do you think... Is he actively looking to sell more or do you think it's just rumours, rumours, rumours?
2: Well, the information I have had, Come on, that, break news! Come new, on. New, <laughs> new, well, I've, some of it already came out yesterday, to be honest. But the, I mean, the thing yeah. with the thing with social media now is, is that there's so much information going out there. Sometimes people miss things. So if people have missed it, the the club have basically indicated that they've got no desire to sell them now. will go back to what I was saying before. That that that's all well and good. But you know, there might be teams who've got them on on the list as like it, you know, third or fourth choice if they don't get other players. So. There's a lot of there's a lot of time to go in the window. But I personally think you'll stay. Um you can be a, a static striker, but Andy Carroll was a static striker really in that championship season. It was all about getting the ball up to him. And that, that's the way Newcastle might have to go. I think there was a lot of long balls played on Friday, uh, to two sort of diminutive players in Perez and Gale. Didn't quite work um in the first half setting off was a little better, but, um, you know, I mean, f- with discounting the lad, Adam Armstrong, I think he deserves mm. his chance, I would keep him here, um, you know, he's desperate to play, but there's a great interview tomorrow in the corner with him, so look out for that, get a little plug in there for you, um, <laughs> and, you know, I, we've seen what he could do last season, I know it was League One with Coventry, mm. but, you know, he's, it's not a, He's not going to be one of these players where it's a false dawn there's been a few of them down the airs in the reserves where they're scoring all kinds of goals in the reserves Then you put them on the bigger stage, you send them out on loan, they can't do it. Armstrong went out last season proved he'd done it. He'd done it with England as well for the youth levels. Uh, and for me, he's, the chances he's had in pre-season, he impressed me. Um, I think he needs a little run on the side. Um, give him a few chances from the start. And, you know, if, if Galen Perez... Can't finish like they did on Friday night. Then there's going to be opportunities over a long mm. sort of uh, well, 46 season. game season. Yeah.
1: What do you think big of Perez? St- because I'm not really that sold on Perez. I must admit. I know he's been. I know. I know that Rafa has said. to him, um, You know, he's going to. You know, he's, he's knocked back a couple of bids from from other clubs, uh, from to come in. And and the problem I have is like he, he, even now we we're going to have to see in a couple of weeks because I, I can't. I think if we bring in other players, I, you know, it's, it's going to be one. It's going to one. It's going to be one guy up front, one behind. and You've got to think it's going to be Gail. Um, and if they're going to go big, you've got another three more games without Mitrovic. Um, he must. He must be surely looking for another striker to supplement uh, Mitrovic as well because a big striker. Like I, I did hear again Twitter, isn't it? But Charlie Austin uh, could be available at Southampton.
2: Yeah, it's a bit deja vu. This isn't it. It's like twelve
1: months <laughs> yeah.
2: ago. Um, I think the, I think he'd definitely be looking for another striker. Uh, whether Austin comes in the reckoning, I'm not sure. But there the, the could be players with Premier League experience available very soon. I've heard a couple of whispers on some of them, but I cannot really mention them at the moment. But you know, there might there might be pre- players with Premier League uh, quality that could still come into this squad. Um, so and I guess I have to watch this space. Um, but really, you know, what we're looking for is is getting some momentum. That season in the Championship, you had Carroll and Nolan. I think we got near 240 goals between them, mm-hmm. just under. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that's what we need. Also, off the field, um, we've got to get the team spirit sorted because that's been... I've followed the team around for a lot of years now, and last season I've never seen it so bad. It, the The strange thing was, it did slightly pick up a little bit for that trip we had to Le Manga. I could mm. see it was, it, but it was it was almost like it was too late. Um, they, they needed to, they, need, they probably needed change um, a few games before that. So, and then if they'd done that, then they might have stayed up, but. No point looking too far
3: back at this. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that's the that's that's thing, isn't th- it? There's, sorry, go ahead. Do you are just thinking about strikers, Lee. They've let mm. Ivan Tony go on loan mm. today. So do you mm. think that's significant for Armstrong's future, or mm. do you think that means there's somebody else coming in?
2: I think what Rafa said um, the other day was about Armstrong just saying that in two or three weeks he's going to decide. Now, mm. basically, what he's saying to Armstrong there is, is that you've got two or three weeks to show that you're up to speed, mm. um, and I think basically the next, um, well, the games before the international break, um, the two home games, Huddersfield, Redden and Bristol City away, mm. he's almost on trial for them three or four games, right. there. and then we'll see what happens after that. There's clubs, there's, honestly, there's a long list of clubs who want them. Um, I think it's something like 25 clubs have inquired about him or something like that. So, it's a case of how he does in them games, uh, make himself undroppable un- if he can. Uh, if he doesn't, then I think there's definitely going to be other strikers coming in, plus Mitrovic will be available from suspension again. So, yeah, I think there's... It's, in a way, it's exciting because, you know, we've, we've all got a rough idea what, what, might, what might happen, but no one knows for sure. Even Rafa at this mm. stage, probably doesn't know exactly what's going to happen and which targets are going to come off. So it's going to be interesting to sit down. I always like sitting down on that uh, the day after the deadline day and just reflecting on what, on what we've got, um, knowing that y- your phone's not going to go off at half three in the morning and say,
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: say something. Uh, but And I'm looking forward to this, I think September the 1st, and just what we've got here and what we've got going forward.
1: That. Do you, who would you, if you, if you had a player, without getting into too many details, but if you had a player that you think would be a perfect fit for Newcastle, who would you go with? If like a big big striker, that um, I wouldn't say, like I keep on hearing Fostieri is is he a player that you think? Keep I keep on getting linked keeping linked with him, and he scored a a nerveless goal, didn't he against a. Uh, Aston Villa, he looked out a puff to me, like. But um, um is he some somebody? Because I must be. I've never watched. I've never seen him. There's a couple of times maybe I've seen him. But is he, is he somebody that would you know be up there that would you know strike fear into other other defenders? Because to me, he doesn't look like he would.
2: No, I tend to agree um, on that. I mean. Well, I mean, without going, I mean, we could sit here and go through the process of elimination, mm-hmm. or like them, with the names and stuff like that.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but in, in terms of what they need, all I'll say is that physical, um, the, the, a taller type of striker, mm-hmm. is because we've got we've got Gail Perez and Armstrong, who are the more dominion of size players who can play well with the balls defeat. Uh, but you've only got Mitro in terms of a, a big target man um so I think I'd be starting to think towards the lines of a big target man rather than um you know the, the smaller smaller players um but I think they' definitely want five strikers yeah i agree so, i think and
1: that's the, what the one need. thing yeah, I think what you said about um about uh, armstrong you you can see it, couldn't you? Because you can see Gail and Armstrong, like a, a, a duo of that nature, a small small duo, with a with a big ladder front uh, that can knit them all together, um, doing the business, and you can see those players scoring lots and lots of goals, really tearing up the league, but the mm. problem is always going to be in that midfield, where there's yeah. no real maestro, until we see what the army is like, if Sir comes back in, um... De Jong, you know, you would have thought if, if De Jong's going to come back in, this is going to be his time because, you know, we've got so many games to come in. Is it worth a punt on him, put, put him in there? Do you, or do you think he might be loaned out as well?
2: De Jong, I think. Yeah. I think if there's a move there for him, he'll go. Um, being really, if out of all the players have signed the last, um, there's been a lot of disappointments, but he's been one of the biggest ones and not, not sometimes it hasn't been his own fault. I mean, he's had some freakish injuries. I think mm. the collapsed lung—that doesn't normally happen to footballers. Um, the poke in the eye <laughs> is, the, is another one. can um, another Lego. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, is the championship? Is he going to be, you know, without sounding cruel? Is, is is he going to be cut out for the championship? Because these are things that have happened by accident and. We all know what this, the football league like yeah. in this country. Things don't happen by accident. If you get an elbow in the face, it's generally on purpose. So uh, who knows? Who knows what what happened? But I think he if there's an offer there for him. He'll go. But the problem is at the moment he's got a uh, he's got a serious muscle injury and he might not be fit enough to go. And there's only three weeks to get that sorted. So that's another little side issue. That one.
1: Yeah, I wonder where I wonder where he was. I thought I I didn't think it was as bad as what they made out, but honestly, it's going it, if it's four oh to five weeks.
3: He's made of rice paper. <laughs> <laughs> he, I, mean, he just, he, he, I think if he sneezes, he'll, he'll he'll pop his lungs out. I mean, I've, I've never heard anybody pick up such a bizarre set of injuries. I mean, it's it, it, it's it's way beyond the old Dave Best dropping a jar of mayonnaise on his foot and. Richard mm-hmm. Rake falling through a loft hatch, isn't it? I mean, this is just this is just unreal. The way he seems to get—he doesn't get small injuries he, or niggles. He just blows muscles. And uh, and normally with a player, I would be saying, well, uh, have a look at his lifestyle, what he's doing. But I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's in captain of Ajax for Christ's sake. You know, you would think he'd mm-hmm. be—he's not one who his past would suggest as a young player. He's been you know, had a dubious lifestyle or something like that. It's, it's it's a very odd one. I think we're stuck with him. I think we're stuck with him until, un, 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 until I don't know, he has a bizarre accident with a mincer at home or something like that. I mean, I, I, I just don't know. It, it, I'm waiting for, you know, dropped radio in Bath by accident. You know, I, I, I just really don't get it. Um, and it's a shame because we, we've had flashes where you can see He's obviously a quality player if you can get him fit. Yeah, completely, completely. Um, but yeah, as I say, that's, that's another side
2: issue, and um, we'll see what. Happens. I mean, there's, there's still a few in there that you you could, you know, Gouffran still here, uh, Henry Cevale still walking around here. tioti mm-hmm. um, is another one. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's amazing,
1: isn't
2: it? There's, there's a, a lot of. When you add up all their wages that's this is still a lot on that wage bill. Um and I think there's I mean Tim Crow's still here and he's one of the highest earners, so you know you're gonna have up to four or five keepers on the books, so <coughs> there's still a, there's still a lot of work to be done in the transfer window and I think everyone everyone knows that. Um
1: Do you not know, think hot in trouble? Because um you know, the fact that he runs around and I think Anita got caught a bit on Friday. Um I understand why they're keeping Teodori out, but you know what? You're away from home. He does a lot of work. People don't realize what he did, and he he played quite well last season. The end of last season, anyway. Um, I thought that was a bit of a mistake actually leaving Teodori out. Unless Teodori has an injury, I don't. I certainly don't know that. But um, I was very surprised that, especially away from home, and the work that he does, that he he, he paid Jack. Callback, but his performance and his demeanour after when he was substituted, I think he's in trouble anyway. But he is a like you know, to me, he comes across as a like to like player. And um, I, I'm surprised that he did play callback, especially when you need to make chances for these fleet footed, fleet footed wonders. Because um, obviously, you've got nobody up front to hold up the ball. Yeah, it's
2: going yeah, to be interesting what happens with uh, Jack. Cause He's very influent, influential in the dressing room. Um, you yeah. know, he's a senior player. <clears throat> I can see why he gets picked because there's probably a lot of work he does on the pitch that sometimes people don't see. I know he's not a fan favourite, um, so we've been, da- we've been down that road many times before on Twitter. Whether he's worth a five or a six or a four or whatever, <laughs> you know, everyone's got the whatever. He, if you give him minus six, he, people would be saying you give him minus minus eight. It's it's one of them. So. It's going to be interesting where he fits in because obviously Shelby's probably the more physical uh, competitor um, you're going to need in some games. So and Hayden's obviously come in and he's neat and tidy. So there's there's competition for places, especially in that central midfield area. Mm. Um, but again, I, I think let's be honest. I think if Jack Colback, the Premier League team, had a came in for Jack Colback in the summer, then there's no doubt he'd have gone. So mm. but that hasn 't happened, and he 's here and he 's got a long contract and he 's well paid so
4: mm.
2: he 's got a job to do, and I think I think he 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 sort of knows that the
1: the, the mystifying thing about save Savate is that little what what went on there because that 's just the strangest because they obviously it comes across obviously they, they say he 's a mini Teoria but the thing it 's probably the strangest transfer there's been, and there's been many at Newcastle, as we all know. Lee but um, what's the take on him? Because he just he just—he's not playing. He's not going to get in that team, is he? Full stop. Is there a problem with his, his workload? He, he can't handle it because he's, again, a captain. A captain from another country.
2: Well, what you were thinking about him is, is that he come in. And he, came, he was a graham car pick. Hmm. Uh, Steve McLaren didn't have much say on him. He'd come in. And he didn't really need that type of player at that time. But he came in anyway. He played the first few games and then fell off the radar. And obviously, Rafa didn't fancy him. So you basically got a player there who he wasn't McLaren's pick. He wasn't Benitez's pick. Yeah, he's on a lot of money. Um, he's on a long contract. And there's clubs set have supposedly been linked with him. Marseille being one of them. Um, again, I could, I, it's one way I can see him possibly going out on on loan just just to get him offloaded. Um, a bizarre. Signing, but well, you
3: know, I, I it's think another he, one that happened. He, he came in when there was talk of Teo going to China, didn't he? Mm. And then Teo right. didn't go to China. And I know, I know, Al Jazeera club here in Abu Dhabi were absolutely convinced to the point of nearly announcing him on the website as signed. Um, but then it came out that they hadn't offered two and a half million for him. They'd offered eight hundred and seventy-five thousand, and the club had, it, it turned it down. Newcastle had turned it down. And I, and I know from people I've spoke to here, um, Al, Al Jazeera were pretty convinced he was, he was signed, sealed, and done. So I would be personally questioning where Teotihuacan's head is at at the moment. Is he head in the championship? Or is he another one who needs to be helped out of the, way, out of the door one way or another? Um, I think we've got too many players like this in the squad, and we need to try and find a way to wheel those ones out. Mm-hmm. to allow some more to come in before the end of the window, but it's very hard to get rid of players that you don't want, that other people don't want, or that other mm-hmm. people want, but not at the price you want, and that's the problem. Well, back to so aren't we, really, with that? Yeah. And it's um, it's it, 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 it's tough, because he's, he, he, you're quite right, I think he's come in and he's took one look at Savio and I said, said no, don't fancy this one. Mm-hmm. Which um, yeah. it is the risk when you change a manager, I guess. It's just a shame that, and again you've touched on it before, how far back do you go to say, well look, you mm. should have changed things there, but it is what it is, we're, we're stuck with what we've got. Um, and I, I just think every effort should be done to allow those whose heads aren't in the right place to be shown the door. Mm. I think we're at that point now where we've just got to let Rafa get his business done, so the squad's then settled, the dressing rooms are happy to together dressing room, and everybody's going in their same direction. Mm. Yeah, I agree
4: with I've, that.
1: I've I've got one question for you. How come when um um Steve McLaren was being interviewed for the um by Sky whoever it was, um how come you didn't you weren't throwing paper airplanes at him to get his attention? Lee? What's <laughs> wrong with you? you lo- you're losing your touch.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was too far away unfortunately. So uh, but no to, to be honest, I mean let's go back 12 months. Mm-hmm. Everyone tried to be optimistic when mm-hmm. Steve came in. But you know, deep down, we all knew that it was the system that was a problem with the signings, and no, no manager should put themselves in a the position where someone else is picking your players for you. And that's what's mm-hmm. been the problem at Newcastle over the last few years. It hasn't happened this summer for the first time in about half a decade. The players haven't been picked solely by the chief scout. Um, mm-hmm. I think Paul did get his way on a couple of them. Um, Sand on Robertan, I believe are the two that he got pushed through so one of them kinda of worked, one of them was a disaster. So it's it's been a it's been a difficult time, you know, watching covering Newcastle United and you know, hopefully now we can get turned on in the right direction with the right system, the right manager in, in place and most importantly, players that care. And I, and I do see a lot of players in there that actually do care now. You know the care, the the ones that care the most are the ones that'll come up and question what merit mark we got.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <So> <laughs> you get hammered for that, don't you? I've noticed. It's, oh, it's unbelievable. <laughs> it's just an opinion as well, you know. <laughs> well, some I'm going to say I haven't replied to this guy, but some some guy on Twitter sent me a message. Obviously on the show, but um, I like, I really shouldn't read it, but I'm just going to. This is what this is what this is what I, this is what I normally get, but. Uh, good luck with Ryder. Guy is a bong-eyed hobbit, and I won't mention his name, but yeah, uh, that's, that's what he put down.
5: That's what he <laughs> nice. won, that's though, let's nice be honest. And
2: that's that's, and that's Nice and classy, that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I, think, I,
3: think I just people,
2: thought it was... These are the people that probably used to write on the back of toilet doors and pubs before <laughs> Twitter was invented, so... So I won't I won't lose, I won't lose too much sleep with that, anyway.
1: <laughs> well, the thing is, I think there's, because there's so many people breaking stories, like, you know, I've seen Luke Edwards, you've seen Craig, um, Craig Hope, there's so many people breaking stories, and it's it's a free-for-all, isn't it? So, I think the fact that you've got so many journalists trying to do this, that, that and the other, but the, the 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 key thing is, the guys on the ground here, you know, they're the ones going to get the the interviews with the, the locals. You know, I think the problem is before, isn't it, like, the so-called, just amply showed, if there's a fee factor to talk, to talk um, to to talk to journalists just because how they're going to get represented when all they're going to do really is have a normal chat. That's why I think Giselle uh, has come across really well because he just every time I, I, you you listen to what he says and then you listen to Rafa. That's why you can see why Rafa likes him because he just says exactly what Rafa says at the end of games. Cause, you know they 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 want to be able to tell tell the truth. Well, I think it's.
2: In terms of communication, I think fans have never had it so good. Now, in terms of being able to ask journalists questions, <clears throat> newspapers I've worked for in the past um, letters used to arrive on the desk of some journalists and they go straight in the bin. Um, but you know, I do do my best to respond to as many things. But like anything else, if you want to, if you want a proper answer and ask a proper question, and mm. you know, if you know. Anyone who's going to post call people names, then mm. you know you you know that they're not going to get much of an answer, and uh, I mm. don't think anyone anyone else would would sort of answer them either. So, and besides, once you get past a certain amount of um, followers, you kinda, you you don't even you can't even see them all anyway because mm. there's so many coming through. So you can only really respond to a, a limited amount. So anyone who is listening who has been mm. or thinks they've been snubbed, then uh, Possible that you know, we
1: might not be able to see a question. Mm. Well, thanks for coming on, Lee. It's been an absolute pleasure as ever. Uh, you've no gone no past problem. your record from last time, it's 50 minutes, so last time it was 43. So you've done really, really well. Appreciate <laughs> it. And of course, no I apologize ahead of time because I'm going to be tweeting it up a storm for people to listen into it in their own leisure. But it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. We'll hopefully have you back on again quite soon. Thanks a lot, Lee. Appreciate no it.
2: No
3: problem. Cheers. Cheers,
1: cheers, Lee, cheers thank mate. you, mate. Cheers, mate. ta Bye-bye. Great, always have isn't it? We've got, we've, uh, we've got, we have so many people just on the like show that come
3: say, on. It's just an opinion. Exactly. Uh, I've learned over the years, having done stuff for the Chronicle, for the Journal, mm. and various fanzines. You stick your head above the parapet, and people will have a shot. Mm. I've been shot at so many times, I've got no brains left, so I just don't <laughs> care anymore. And that, and that's what it gets like, you know, and mm. it's what it must get like for all journals, really. Um... If you if you dare to proffer opinion, you're gonna get criticism. That's that's mm. that's the way it is. It's easier these days for someone sat behind a computer screen, or you more often these days behind the wall of their mobile phone, <laughs> exactly. and, and and do something and say something that in the real world you wouldn't mm. just do it. It seems to be almost exactly. this sort of digital skinchies, <laughs> and and it's, it 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 baffles me. You know, I mm. I, I hear. Yeah, Tales of Kids on the Xbox screaming stuff at mates down the thing and, and oh, then they get surprised to they say something to somebody who's actually at their school who turns up and then bops them on the nose on Monday morning. Mm-hmm. And exactly. you're like, yeah, because that's uh, the real world. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I've got Lee
1: Johnson on the line from Posh Chester Street, where I actually went the other day. Uh, after Lee, it's going to be Graham Anderson, uh, who's actually listening to the show as we speak. So, uh, good evening, Lee. How are you?
0: I'm all right. myself.
1: Aye, not too bad. So tell me, what, did did that give you any more insight with uh, Lee lead one of the my guests tonight? Great, a great
0: listen well, to, wasn't it? I like the bit at the end. Um, actually, what Neil was saying, Neil sounded like he was actually describing Sasago on his phone, <laughs> sitting there sitting <laughs> there on his phone, tweeting stuff and directly <laughs> directly trying to call mischief. That's that's what we that's the he was talking about. He's probably starting his French teammate on um, on the Xbox. Him, he won't let me go. It's an absolute disgrace.
3: He's got his he's got his self edited the uh, hundred on every stat on FIFA on his one system.
0: <laughs> he probably
3: because uh, and, and he plays it with a crown on because he's king Sasoka or he's the best <laughs> best player in the world. <laughs> uh.
0: It's always it's always good to listen to the local journalists, to be honest with you, Andrew. I mean the they have a better insight than us. Um you know, we just kinda keep up with the news. Uh, daily, like Sky Sports News or Twitter itself, so yeah, it's always good to listen to the local journalists. A lot of them speak a lot of sense, and see a lot of them get a little bit sick. But suppose if you for your journal, you're kind of there to be shot at. So if you say one thing and it doesn't happen, yeah, we're going to get a bit three. But I would just say, I would just treat okay. it as a water of a duck's back, like Neil said, bit <laughs> so what? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, I think uh, the one thing about um, Lee, he's just, he's just come back from a holiday. Uh, he's been Johnson's on tour, so if anybody's been watching, uh, um, uh, Lee's um, Gannon's on abroad. He's been having a fabulous time, and he's he's come back. Looks like he's, he's come back blacker than what I am, which,
0: isn't, yeah. which is
1: hard to do actually.
0: Yeah, I was back but to work. I was back to work. With the, it was <coughs> I was actually there last two weeks ago.
1: <laughs> I didn't last a week though, thankfully. But um, so tell me, obviously the end of the season came. Um, uh, are you revitalized like seemingly a lot of uh, Newcastle fans are with with the with the with I
0: think when the season finished after, I mean obviously when relegation, I mean obviously your show hasn't been on for a bit and when mm-hmm. relegation was kinda of concerned, I think I think the main the main concern was, you know, where we're gonna go now. Um, the big concern was Benitez kind of leaving. Um no doubt it would have been um clubs in for him or a manager of his stature where somebody would have kind of sort of certainly offered him a job. He could have have waited around and got a really big job if he wanted to, but um, I think the fans made a, that certainly last game of the season against Tottenham at form, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, I love to try and get him to stay, I mean, and now you get, I mean, you've got Graham Anderson coming on next week. The Mattons just make up a load of waffle, like, you know, he took, he took <laughs> you down, he, he took you down, he did this, he's done that, well, <laughs> he just to, be honest with you, to be perfectly honest with you, the last 10 games, oh, oh yes, the first three, Sullivan, Norwich, and I think we're talking about Villa, which was toward the end, where we only kind of picked up two points in those particular three games. The last six games we actually were unbeaten um, we picked up points against uh, Man City Liverpool and actually beat Tottenham and you could see visibly that there was a change in direction in terms of what he'd done with the team in terms of making us quite solid. We were difficult to beat, we weren't conceding many goals but unfortunately yes he ran out of time. I think if he had maybe another five games we might have done it. Mm-hmm. He, 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 weaned, he weaned out the likes of Steven Taylor. You know he, he dropped John Joe Shelby where we went with a two with Teody and Colback made us made us difficult to beat. So it was a shame that he ran out of time. But the big thing at the end of it was all about one thing. When when we heard Benitez was potentially going to steer, all we wanted to hear was the fact that it was going to be that he was going to be in charge of all footballing matters mm, at Newcastle United. That being the Biggest thing, and that being the thing which actually excites me, because you've got a real football man in charge of everything, and you know little things like the, the way the, the Twitter account's being run by the club, the communication. I would imagine it's got a lot to do with himself. I've got a good friend who's a, a season ticket holder at Liverpool, and way before Benitez came in Newcastle United, I, I remember being down at his, and he was just he was waxing lyrical about how he brought the city together, the club together. He basically tries to engage its community, and looks into it, you know, he tries to engage everything to get mm-hmm. everything right, and you can see that's what he's trying to do with Newcastle United. So, you know, like I said, the kind of make-believe stories that some of fans want to put up, in, and you know, you can't see anything with them at this moment in time, because we're in the championship, mm-hmm. but I'd like to believe that Rafa Benitez can get Newcastle United promoted, and he basically has Mike Ashley behaving like a billionaire now, mm-hmm. um, He's basically just sitting back and signing the checks and things like that. Newcastle United's main name, I would imagine under Rafa Benitez, as a, as a manager who would want to be successful, will certainly not be top-dogging like the Sunderland fans want to do really. Um, it will all be about Newcastle United pushing forward and trying to be competitive in the Premier League, but unfortunately it's one step at a time. The loss on, uh, on a Friday night of fun. Um, the build-up to the game... Everyone kind of thought we we're going to walk it. Mm. I was even saying on my Twitter before our record in London is shocking. Mm. Um, our record is full shocking, <laughs> and I think it's the the one big thing that's been left over from last season. Andrew and Neil is that Benitez needs to change the mentality away from home because yeah. we haven't won since Tottenham, which was I think was in November last year or something like that.
3: Something like that. So, yeah.
0: And the big problem is that mentality is still there. And when we go goal down, you can still see that there. We need to break that. We need to get a win away from home very quickly.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I thought I, I just I, I thought we were out of ideas very early on. It, we had chances, of course, didn't we? But it just looked like they were panicking. The not what you thought, Neil. I, uh, obviously, Lee.
3: Uh, did don't, I just thought we, they were panicking every time they got a pass? I don't think it was panic. I just just think that um, for me. I don't think the Gail um, Perez partnership works. I think that they're both mm. two a little little too lightweight perhaps. Um we, we, we did a lot of work but not a lot of end product and that's that's possibly crying out for more width. Don't know. Um I I we think won't. it's all I think Lee's got it got it nail on and I think it's all about confidence away from home. Mm. And I think the need you know, we need to scrape a win away from home, whether it's a, a goal off of, you know, Colbach's backside, or if it's mm. dumb it, heading it in the opposite direction and it comes off his shoulder and it goes in. I don't care. If we mm. can sc- scrape a win and just turn it around and get the confidence going, that's what will make the difference. And I think Lee's, I Lee's think right with
0: that. I think if we'd got the, the penalty, which it was a penalty, mm. early doors, and we'd got the first goal, we probably yeah. would have went on and won the game, but... In terms of team collection, yeah, I I thought we were a little bit lopsided. Anita killed us all night. He's passing us off. And every time we needed to get Matt Ritchie on the ball a lot more because every time he seemed to be on it, things kind of started to happen. It's the first time I've seen Matt Hayden and I thought he'd done well, but you could see he was getting kind of frustrated towards the end of the game. And The championship is going to be a tough league, but if we can, you know, the fans are behind um, what's happening at the club at this particular moment in time and... The main word that You get banded about Is hope It's not delusion It's bloody hope mm-hmm. it's, about, it's, it's all about The fact that We believe we've got a guy Who's in charge Who has the best interest Of the club at heart And as a manager Who has won A lot of trophies A lot of big trophies You can't imagine Rafa Benitez When he, when he was Speaking to Mike Ashley About staying Saying I'll tell you what we'll just, We're just going to Bob along in the championship But I'm going to stay here And no things like that He would have obviously said To Mike Ashley I'd like to get the club back and then I believe I can maybe get it competitive again and within the top ten of the Premier League and you kind of move on from there. If a club's going to be successful, it needs to obviously, you know, it needs to get back in the Premier League and then it needs to be consistent in the Premier League, something we kind of haven't had for years. Mm. And the back end of the manager is nice because when he says something, you actually trust exactly what he's saying. Because no one trusted, no yeah. one trusted what Mike Ashley would say. No one trusted. I mean, we've never seen these, um we've never seen Mike Ashley's little minion all summer, although Rafa keeps mentioning him on the odd occasion, saying he's got a good relationship with Lee Charley, mm. and it's, it's better. It's, it's a lot better. But of course, we're only this this season is only going to be successful for one reason, and that's if we get promoted. If we don't get promoted, then fair enough. I'll sit. I'll, I'll, I'll listen to people who were saying. He was a lot of idiots used. Why are you getting all carried away by having this manager? Well, I just think, look at his record. Look at what he's done to certain clubs. You know, he, People keep saying, oh, he's never, he's, never, he's never played at this level. And he keeps having to repeat himself when he talks about his time at Tenerife. And he mm-hmm. got Tenerife out there. The, was well, obviously the league of League Two or whatever when he was fighting against Atletico Madrid. And he's one of them guys who clearly doesn't leave any stone unturned, he will conti- he's a workaholic, he'll continue, he would have been sick of the chip on Friday night, and he'd be looking to kind of put things right, I think he knows he needs another two or three signings, because we did look a little bit lopsided, uh, I just thought we looked a little bit weak at times, that the will definitely come in at the weekend, and mm. we're, kind of, we're going to find out a little bit yep. more, about what's going to happen with the squad, once kind of September ends, you know, or start, mm. sorry.
3: I, th- I think Rafa said quite clearly, and I think we touched on it, Lee that, um, I think he wanted to get his business done quicker than he did. And the Premier Premiership clubs started spending quicker than he expected. And so he wanted a lot more wrapped up before it it was, and it, before that happened. And so I think a few deals have changed, stalled, got twisted. You know, teams are now starting to ask for more money than perhaps they originally would have. Uh, and I think that's what he's been left with, trying to sort out. Um, and, I, and I think that probably has disrupted things a little bit because there's absolutely... Sure, as eggs is eggs. That squad's not complete, and not what he wants, and not how he wants it. And th- there's going to be more. I think three more come in. Um, that's that's my reckoning, and I think you'll find three or four will go out.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I think I think it's a lot. To me, I think it, it could. I think it's a it's a twenty-three man squad, is it? So um, we're top heavy in most areas, especially in the midfield department. I don't even I don't even dare mention De Jong to. To <laughs> Probably not fit. But
0: okay, um, you can mention, you can mention
1: De Jong. just don't mention you're the other fella. I, the ship, I wouldn't have played Coback on uh, Friday. But would you have played Teo in there? Because I'd, I'd, obviously he could be going, but a lot of players could be going, But they've got to play. Well,
4: like, I, I don't
1: understand why. Callback was anywhere anywhere near there compared. You know, there's two, there's two there's two people in there, and I, I personally wouldn't have had um, I wouldn't have had callback in the team. I would have put Teori in.
0: I'll have to say towards the end of last season, um, the the two midfielders who were uh, protecting our back four, and when we be kind of became quite solid, like I said, when we were six unbeaten towards the end of last season. Remember, he kind of binge on Joe Shelby, and he played callback and Teori as a two. And it did mm-hmm. make us solid. We, we weren't conceding many goals and we were kind of pinching games 1-0 and things like that. So I've, I've got no problem with callbacks. I, I think he's rate's really reasonably good. He, he, he didn't really have a good game on Friday night, but who did have a good game on Friday night? Yeah, terrible, it was kind of, wasn't it? It was kind of fits and stuff. Although we, we, I didn't think we were in any other danger against Fulham. I, I, I couldn't see no. them scoring apart from the way they did. Um, if we'd maybe... Been a little bit more, how can I put a proactive going forward, kind of got the first goal, we probably would have went on and won the game, but if Giordi is on the books, and he certainly mm-hmm. is on the books, we're paying him, I would certainly play him, but the, the fact he's not playing him would suggest he will be one of the players who will be kind of leaving this month, so I, I, I'd like to keep him if he, if he could, but I've got a feeling he's going to go out the past as you, you know. but I would certainly mm-hmm. play him if he's going to be staying, because yeah, he, you know, he's... He's a baller and he'll get us the ball back and then we can give it to kind of more of the creative players. Um, I'm, it's going to be
1: an st- interesting month. I'm stunned that uh, Neil hasn't managed to get him, a, get him a job in Dubai. What's going on?
3: Who? <laughs> what are you doing? What do you mean? <laughs> who, who, who am I getting a job in Dubai? <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, I, thought, I thought if Teotie... Would have gone anywhere. It would have been a Dubai. Do, well, do you know the reasons why Al, it Al, fell apart?
3: Al, Al Jazeera, well, it's simple. Al Jazeera weren't prepared to pay the asking price. There's like, another
0: uh, um, Dubai Champions League where you can get rid of Sussurl. not like Dubai Champions League where they well,
3: to get, get some kind of... Playing the Asian Champions League, mate. I'll tell, tell you where we could ship them off to. It was China. Yeah. Um, <laughs> cause they're paying silly money for, for players over there. And this is the problem here is The UAE clubs now... China are snapping up the players the UAE clubs want. And so you know it, it it is changing. Al Jazeera were absolutely convinced they had Teoti lined up. I'm mm-hmm. told they were ready to just to push the button and announce it on the website. That's that, mm, that really? done and dusted. So as far as I'm concerned, Teoti in his head is gone. And shouldn't be anywhere near the team as a result. Simple as that. Uh, yeah, it looks like he's away like... I mean, so I, and I
0: don't, it... Andrew, Andrew, I didn't want to do your job for you, but you guys with, with what well, I mean, obviously getting an opinion or asking you about uh, Sissoko Do you not think Sissoko, right? You know that performance in the champion um, in the European Cup final. Yeah. I think that I think that's absolutely buckled him in terms of a move because Newcastle have been very clever with it because he, he worked so hard and he he, he kind of outdid Paul Pogba where the clubs hired a 35 million price tag on that performance in that final has knackered mm-hmm. him. In, on two levels. One, because Newcastle had that big price tag on him. And two, if you're the football club and you've got scouts or whatever, surely they would have looked at him and went, hmm, why is he doing that in this particular game? He just got relegated when Newcastle United last season. I remember Danny, Danny Murphy and all that were mm. questioning his attitude all the way through that final yep. whenever he did anything wrong. Uh, sorry, good. Because everyone was going, who's this guy? Who does he play yeah. for? Yeah. We've never seen him at <laughs> all last season. Yeah. So I think that's absolutely knackered of me. I mean, I'd love to see the guy rotten the reserves, to be perfectly honest with you. But again, I said it last week, mind, and I couldn't believe I was seeing it. I said, um, if he's on the payroll, would I play him? Possibly I would, just for me, because he's going to have to perform. Because no one will pick him up if he doesn't perform. he starts mm-hmm. soaking around, no one will buy him.
3: Yeah.
0: That's the interesting
3: you, thing for, for me is that... Who, is that who had, a, had a go at him out here, of all people, was Graham Soonis. Graham yeah. Soonis laid laid into him after one of the French games on, on the in-sports over here. I'm quite frank about it as well, and it's not often you'll hear me say that about Graham Souness, but you couldn't disagree with what he said. He questioned mm. absolutely every fibre of his every soul just about mm. on television here, because while some of the other presenters were trying to talk him up, he was going, well, hang on a minute, why haven't we seen this all season? It was quite quite frank, you know? So, um, if somebody like Graham Souness is, is wise enough to say that, you can damn, damn, damn well know that there's cleverer people within the game who can say that. And so, um, you're right, mate. He, he, he's probably not helped himself in some respects.
1: Well, I know, you go, I know you say that you go on by seven. I've got my next guest coming on, Lee, but thanks for coming on. And we'll be, obviously, we'll be on next Monday again and get you on and talk on Newcastle. So, give me a score for Saturday.
0: Um course Saturday.
1: Um, I'll go for us to win the game 3-1. 3-1? Okay. This yeah. is positive. I think we have to win on Saturday just to get, get so everybody Andrew, going.
0: Andrew, it's not like you can see a 5-0 every week, man. Yeah, the exactly. Given yeah. your next caller who's coming on, he'll, he'll be talking about <laughs> delusions straight
1: away. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell him that when he comes on because he's been listening to you all the way through, but now so he's coming on, Lee. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: well, you can stay on if you want to listen Good to him, hold no, on. <laughs> Thanks,
0: mate. Sure. Well. Bye bye-bye. Bye.
1: Well, that, <laughs> that brings me to my next guest. And Graham Anderson, ex-Sundon Echo Sports writer. Now freelance and PR at GSA Media and Business Twitter as a GSA Media for you. Or contact me on Media for you at gmail.com. Good evening, Graham, and you've heard what uh, Lee has to say. Have you got any response to that? I didn't. I didn't
7: quite hear what Lee had to say because you were laughing so much over the top of it. But I could get. I can get the gist of it. Um, <coughs> i have actually. I've enjoyed listening to the show. It's it's, uh, it's interesting to hear things from. Obviously, we hear it all way aside down here, mm. and it's we hear it from a time side perspective, it's interesting that I was listening away, and at times i have actually forgotten I was going to be on the show, so the preparation wasn't <laughs> exactly ideal. But yeah, um, it's just an, interest, it's an interesting time, and I, I, I've, I've, been, I've enjoyed listening to a different perspective than what I'm normally hearing, and I suppose that's why I'm on the show, to give a slightly different perspective again.
1: Yeah, we've got Neil Mitchell off in Dubai, obviously he's leaving about ten minutes, but um, he's always, What's well, that thing with me, me and... Um, Neil, we always we don't really take sides when it comes to Sunderland and Newcastle. We're right, we're kind of on even keel. Uh, I don't really when it comes to um, when it comes to Sunderland. I think what they did last last season. Um, I think with the reason they did it was because of Sam Allardyce. Um, are you surprised? Obviously, you know, we're not, you're not surprised he's left. But tell me your, your thoughts on on Sunderland and what happened and what's going on with with the players you're bringing in, especially.
7: Well, hmm. the player Sunderland <laughs> brought in, uh, just the one, and uh, well, I, I, from a Sunderland point of view, uh, I'm I'm concerned. Uh, yeah, I mean, so they've obviously got uh, they're a threadbare side, uh, and, You know, the squad. You know, they um, they really need five or six signings had a season of complete disruption, a close season of disruption with someone I'd like leaving. Mm. I thought he was the perfect uh, man for the job. Uh, for Sunderland uh, when he was brought in. And uh, I felt, it was, as soon as he was brought in, I felt as though Sunderland had a great chance of staying up, even though things looked grim. And things looked grim as well on Boxing Day. Mm. It wasn't just um, early stage of the season, it looked pretty grim for most of it. And I just felt he'd have enough to get them out of it, and he had. Very happy with Moyes' appointment. I just feel as though things have been very disrupted, and uh, it'll, be a, it'll, it'll be a very important transfer window for uh, David Moyes, what he can do in the next two or three weeks.
3: I mean, uh, the thing. Is, you, you story, go ahead, uh, Well, it it it's totally screwed that pre-season because you've got a manager planning things, looking to do something, and then all of a sudden he's coming out of the training camp and then gone. You've Completely. got a new manager, new manager coming in who might not mm-hmm. fancy some of that squad, so that squad are immediately thinking, "Oh, hang on." Um, mm-hmm. Is it true that there was transfers lined up to happen that Moyes has come in and just immediately cancelled? That was something I'd been told, but I don't know how much was in that. I don't,
7: the, I don't know about the major cancellation, but certainly there were there were there were players that they were looking at. Um, but then each manager has their own style of play their own type of yep. players that they like. Um, and where I don't think Moyes and Allardyce are poles apart particularly. Um, Moys will not want to sign it. If you have a player sort of 75% across the line, a signing 75% across the line, Mo- Moys is not going to want to sign that player if he mm-hmm. doesn't know much about him. Um, I mean, Sam might have done all sorts of research on him. Uh, David Moyes hasn't, so he's going to go cool on that transfer while he checks him out. And at the same time, he might have a different way of playing, a different style. Um, so it, it really is about as, worse, about as bad a preseason as someone could possibly have had, with uh, thanks to the England appointment.
3: Mm. No, agreed entirely. Um we looked at it out here and, and everybody was like, That's probably not a good thing to be happening for the for the club. Uh in and, 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 and while people over here were getting actually quite excited about Sam Malladice, I have to say mm. I wasn't in that that um that camp for England. Um but everybody over here seemed to forget the the ripple effect that could actually turn into a tsunami for uh, for Sunderland, because it, it just seems to have just totally torpedoed everything that was in place.
7: Yeah, I mean, the good thing is we've got a good manager in place. David Moyes, I, I like him, I read him, I wouldn't have minded him in the last three or four points myself. But in terms of your preparation, in terms of your rec- recruitment, it's a bit of a disaster. So Sunderland could probably look forward to a pretty ropey start of the season. But having said that, every time for the last five or six years, Sunderland have had a pretty ropey start of the season, so they're probably used to it. <laughs> Do
1: you think that... Um but you, do you think that the four will be picked in the up, up and coming uh, England games? Because he seems to, have, he's, you know, he did the business i I am not
7: just seeing it from a point of view. I'd have been tempted, I mean, view, have been tempted mm-hmm. to take him along anyway. He was a man who was in form in a really struggling team, and, and uh, a bit like Kevin Phillips sometimes a long time ago when some of them were on the slide. Uh, he'd get them a goal out of nothing. He'd get he keep mm-hmm. them in the side. And I, just, you know, the team, I just sort of, I just always felt that the Harry Kane. I don't know. Some players don't do it in English shirt, and I wasn't convinced about Hurricane. So, well, I mean, uh, where does someone? We Sorry, didn't get a chance
3: to talk about this at the end of last season, but I'll go on record now and say I would have, I would have put Defoe in that, that in that squad straight away. Uh, the, 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 he, Hudson did the thing that England are terrible at, and picking on reputation again. Uh, mm-hmm. Drinkwater, Drinkwater didn't go, and I don't think Vardy's the same player without Drinkwater in the same team. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a double act you had to take together. And they were yeah. both on form, and mm-hmm. he didn't. He took none. for he took Wiltshire instead of drink water. That's picking on reputation. Because mm-hmm. Wiltshire had played about 60 minutes of football. Ridiculous decision. Ridiculous footballing decision. And, uh, yeah. and, and certainly, I would have had Defoe in because he was in form. Mm-hmm. Without his goals, where would Sunderland have been at the end of the season? And it, you've got to look at form. If the Premier League is the best league in the world, that we keep having rammed down my throats, mm-hmm. there's somebody scoring goals in the Premier League. Why didn't we take the Euro? the European Championships. That's
7: just yeah. my take on it. That's alright, I, I agree with you. I think, I think, I think it with was, was, was Sam, I know it's, it's chalk and cheese compared to what Sunderland fans think of the movie, what Newcastle fans think about him. But I think he's exactly mm-hmm. what England need in the sense that he'll not be about reputation. With, with Sunderland, when he came to Sunderland, the things he brought were organisation, he brought leadership and he brought, he brought research, but you research to it. You research the death out of every other team now. I know the big thing thrown at him is these teams aren't that attractive to watch, but I think he, he, he largely deals with the hand he's dealt with. So if he gets a better class of player, he could probably do a better job, but if he brings organization and determination and team spirit to England, that was what they were lacking in those Euro championships, any sort of direction, any sort of organization. That's what he does. Now, I know when he was at Newcastle, you wanted more. I think you wanted you know, a bit more Bobby Robson, a bit more Kevin, Keegan. it more entertainers. I think this, what he served up wasn't ideal. But what I'm saying is it's a horses for courses thing. For Sunderland last season, Sam Allardyce was exactly what Sunderland needed. Um, and I've you know, it's obviously sort of there's, I've been a kind of uh, a divisive figure over the weekend about what I said about the Newcastle Lingra Benitez thing. Uh, and all, yeah, what did you, you say?
1: What, what did you say? I, I heard a little bit about. It. What, what did you say? Because that's why Lee Johnson well, was uh, you de- uh, being called deluded. But um.
7: well, I didn't, I've, been, I've been called worse. Andrew, don't worry about that. <laughs> but but I, think, I made I made what I thought was a fairly straightforward observation on Twitter, mm. and I wasn't pro- I wasn't expecting the kind of storm that happened. <laughs> um, I mean, when wh- when you, when you uh, Get a message from someone, or your name get mentioned, mention. You get a noti- you obviously get your notification, and you can see uh, what your notifications are. I can tell you now that those notifications only go up to a hundred, because when I got up the next morning after me tweet after Friday night, I had ninety nine plus notifications in me uh, in me tweet. So it would be interesting. And all, all I tweeted was, which I didn't think was massively contentious, was that some fans will be rejoicing at Newcastle's defeat. Uh, not because they were bitter, but because that the rasa hysteria uh, was way over the top. Um, and I understand Newcastle fans would take objection to that, so, so I didn't expect it to be as, as as bad as it was. But I didn't think I was being that contentious in the sense that because we all live in the same area, mm. perhaps unusually, we all share the same kind of media. Mm. So Newcastle fans who pick up the Chronicle, uh, will get the Sunderland news or, or the radio stations, the television stations, are all reporting the news of the rivals, and from this side of of the, of the water, mm. it just seemed as though there was a, a section, but there was a section which stuck in a lot of some of the fans' minds, of people who just seemed like, Rafa's signed, fantastic, that's it, we're definitely going to win promotion, we'll win, the mm. champ- we'll win the championship, and then it's uh, full steam ahead in the Premier League, Rafa's a Champions League manager, so that's where we'll be heading, and I couldn't get my head around that, I just thought... It's such a hard league to get out of. And there there's so many mm-hmm. things to, factors to overcome. I didn't see where this kind of optimism was coming from purely
6: because
3: Rafa had signed. Now, who was, I, who was saying that though, Graeme? I've got to, got to stop you there. Who was saying mm. we're going on the Champions League and we're going on there? Because I've heard no fans say that to me. No, no well, fans. And it's like what, what I was saying at the start of the show about when I'm in, 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 watching our opening game in the bar over here with a load of lads and lasses... Some of them Mm -hmm. were on on their phones, on on betting sites. Mm -hmm. And some of those betting sites had stupid odds on Newcastle to go unbeaten all season. 40-1 or something like that. Which is utterly ridiculous. That's just a stupid bet and a stupid odds. And that's the kind Mm -hmm. of hysteria that we then get chucked at us and saying, ah, this is because you are deluded. And you're like, well, no. Yeah, Uh, well,
7: I I I think there's a large section of fans who don't see it that way because... I had a lot of people on uh, little fans sort of saying that, seeing what you were saying, Neil, sort of that that, that wasn't mm-hmm. the case. But then I had c- quite a few little fans saying, "Well, I know a lot of fa- fans who've been saying that, and I disagree with them, and I'm quite happy to have this have this reality check." I wasn't right. seeing that much of a difference between what Rafa said actually after the game, uh, and what Mark Douglas in the journal was saying today. We've all come at it at slightly different angles, but mm-hmm. I was just trying to point out the kind of. It's a long season, a long season ahead. It's a massive challenge for Newcastle. Uh, I know that they are the biggest club in the division, and they've got the most high-profile manager. Mm. But it doesn't necessarily work like that, you know what I mean? And and, uh, this this assumption, it seemed to me, that that Newcastle is going to walk it, always, because of are after always struck me as a bit odd. Well,
3: actually, I don't... Look, guys, I'm going to have to love you and leave you, and let you get on with you. Farewell (laughs) from the desert.
7: Um...
3: (laughs) Well, plane crashed last week. Still got flight times all stuffed up, so I'm gonna have uh. to go and do a quick airport run. So thank you very <laughs> much, guys, and I'll speak to everybody next week. <laughs> Thanks <you laughs> a lot, Neil. <laughs> Cheers. You Neil. Take
1: Cheers. Bye bye. Bye. That's a, that's the thing, Graham, isn't it? The, the problem with um, you know, even I even I I was thinking about today, you know, all the time is like I the, he signed a three-year deal, and I actually, in my heart and heart, don't think we're going to go up this season. That's why this, you know, I think it irks a lot of people when when Newcastle are going to be, oh, we're going to go up beaten uh, mm-hmm. f- from the start of the season. And and the the trouble is, because we've been, we've been looking for a boost, any boost after that, you know, the guy we had in charge of us last time. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's quite, it, it actually adds to the, the era of the fans, when you see him on the touchline talking about Newcastle United, and the, the one thing that rank with me, I don't know what you, what you thought when you saw, um, when you saw uh, McLaren there, is that it's interesting that some, some people just are desperate to get a job.
7: <laughs> well, McLaren, McLaren was never the right appointment. You'll have been you'd Benitez over McLaren any day of the week. Oh, but what yeah. I'm saying is, is when you look at the start of last season, I don't know how much Newcastle spent on transfer or McLaren spent on transfer. Whether it was 50 million or 80 million or whatever. But at the start of last season, this, this, we're at the very start of this season, and it's all about expectations and and, and that sort of stuff. So I can I could imagine and understand why Newcastle fans might have been optimistic um, about where they might end up last season because of how much money had been spent at the start of last season. If you'd said Newcastle United, having spent 80 million pounds, and Aston Villa, who had never been relegated from mm. the Premier League, would be, and the Bournemouth, who'd never been in the Premier League, and Watford, um, who looked a bit, you know, sort of thin and threadbare and all the rest of it, mm. that they would stay up, no one would have believed it. And when you. And what's kind of irritating sometimes is when you see these kind of predictions of tables and journalists are just as guilty of it as anybody else. Predictions at the start of the season of where everyone's going to finish. Yes, they're obviously going to put Newcastle at the top in the Championship, and probably, you know, some, you know it, it, it'll be skewed that way. But what I'm saying is, seasons are really unpredictable, and you can't take anything for granted. And Newcastle have got a real, real challenge on their hands, and so has Rafa. It doesn't really matter how much you spend. he's got. The, mm. We all know the problems they had last season, and you can't just exercise those with a, with a wave of a magic wand. Mm. He's, I think he's had a good transfer window. I think he's bought... Very well. I I, I was sort of, I slightly suspected he might have gone down the foreign route. I think that would be a terrible mistake, bringing lots of kind of fancy-down players like McLaren did from abroad. Mm -hmm. I thought he's he's bought well. But he's got to get that team to gel. And we saw against Fulham that it doesn't happen overnight. And on top of that, you've got this situation where Newcastle have the biggest scalp in that division and you probably saw a bit of this from Fulham on Friday, every mm-hmm. team's going to want to beat Newcastle. Mm-hmm. And every team that plays Newcastle is going to be under no pressure whatsoever, because the manager's going to send them out saying, they'll expect Newcastle to win, but you keep that crowd quiet for 10, 15 minutes, the players will start getting jittery. And if you start losing two or three games in a row, you've got a problem, and most teams do lose two or three games in a row. So mm-hmm. it's a long mm-hmm. season, and lots of challenges for Rafa, and lots of challenges for Newcastle. I still think there's a good chance of getting promoted I'm not saying US aren't going to get promoted I think they've got a good chance I think Norwich will go up as champions but I do think that there need to be this kind of reality check that Benitez was talking about that it's not going to be a walk in the park
1: I think that because you know I hate what, to be honest with it uh, Grim I hate watching that league it's one of them leagues that you, you sit there and you can be absolutely board rigid for so much and there's, there's very little atmosphere I would suggest as well I think it's Mm -hmm. going it's going to go up a notch with Newcastle in it and especially with Villa in it Um, you know I think you're going to see a marked difference and like as you you rightly said when it comes to a game at home or away they've got a massive a massive uh, sign on the back and that's why with all the players that we've got like you know surplus to requirements in the next month um, he, he has to get a team out there of workhorses, and the problem with Newcastle, and I think it's just, it's synonymous as well with with Sunderland. But um, you know you you've got to be able to have midfielders that can make go make goals and play three of three up front. I think um, I think in the Premier League you can't really play three up front, but but in the champ- in the Championship you have to play three up front and have four or five strikers. You've got to change it up massively, and th- this is the problem: is that you, you I think Newcastle fans, in no way, shape, or form. I don't think, personally, that we all expect to go up, because I've right. got a sense. My, what? Because what do you think? I think my sense is we won't go up this season. I think we have to wait.
7: I, I think Newcastle have got a, d- a decent chance of going up. I think last season I predicted I predict Hull and Middlesbrough would go up in the top two. I didn't foresee. Burnley's run um, right. this season I think Norwich will go up as champions uh, I, I, I mean I watched Merson on Sky Sports last season several times watching them saying they're a fantastic team they just haven't got the goal scorers if they get a goal scorer they'll do well and they, you say that Cameron and Jerome his mm-hmm. problem is he's not good enough for the Premier League but stick him in the championship he scores goals all day long so mm-hmm. I just think they're a good together team very few problems I think they'll, they'll do that then you've got to think there could be a Leeds or a Nottingham Forest or Nick or McCarthy at Wolves or, or sorry, Ipswich or, or Wolves, or one of those teams that suddenly hits a purple patch like Burnley mm-hmm. did, and then all of a sudden it's it's difficult. I think Newcastle, you'd still think, I, I definitely think they should be finishing top six in the playoffs, but then things can go wrong, Andrew. I think mm-hmm. you just implored, implode. Do you know what I mean? You, the unexpected happens in that division, um, and I just think it's a real challenge, a real challenge. I mean, they might, they might pull it together and walk it, Newcastle, but I just think it was always unrealistic to expect that to happen naturally. And and I don't want to go too long about it, but the thing, it's so much about team spirit. And I know that Rafa's changed the mood uh, around Newcastle, and that's good in that sense for the public. Feel-good factors come back and all the rest of it amongst how the fans are seeing in the club but that team spirit is the key thing in, that, in, mm. the, in the championship uh, and that's what, you know, that's what really helps when everyone pulls together and I saw it with someone's first promotion with Kevin Ball everyone pulling together a complete united team um, I think Burnley had that I think a lot of the promoted teams in recent years have just had that where they're, they're willing to die for each other on the pitch yeah. I think Newcastle had a bit of it when they were promoted last time with, with Nolan and Barton and Carroll who were kind of a really kind of strong mentally strong bunch of mm. all pulled and worked together. I thought Nolan was great for that. But do you think that that's the case at Newcastle at the moment? You know, when the when the heat was on at Fulham, did you see too many leaders out there?
1: No, I, I think that, that that was the problem, you see. I think um it did, I think because there's gonna be so many changes anyway happening with the team to come, um I think until we get the international break, um I've just I've got a hunch that in the next few weeks, we'll be uh, for some reason I don't know why I don't know where I get it from, but I've got a funny feeling. Three or four games, we might be top, just mm-hmm. to, because we've got two home games coming up. So um, uh, you know, I think if we get it, once we get the first goal in, I think we can, we could. That thing about Newcastle, you get the first goal in, uh, it could steam, we could steamroll, uh other teams, um, yeah. especially in that league. But. Um,
0: I wouldn't, just, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't dispute
7: any of that, Andrew. I, think I wouldn't dispute that at all. But what I'm saying is you've got to recognise as well that you can easily go the other way sometimes as well and you lose one or two games. And you, you know, Momentum works both ways. Um, and I'm not saying it's going to happen that way for Newcastle. I'm just saying that it would be wrong to kind of discount that that possibly could happen. Do you know what I mean? And, that, and I, I thought it was an element of that. I could be wrong, I might have misjudged the time side, of me, but I thought it was an element of that amongst the section of Newcastle fans who just sort of assumed that, you know... It, for all the obvious reasons of the big club and the 50,000 and the Premier League pedigree, and especially the Rafa Benitez thing, they're just going to walk it. And it is going to be a challenge because all these teams are going to be lining up to play in Newcastle. Because uh, they all know that if they beat Newcastle, that they'll be the story of the day in the Championship. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a big motivation for those teams, you know. So Rafa's got a job in terms of he's got to mold that squad. He's he made big changes, and I think he's made some good changes in the players he's, he's, he's let go and the players he's brought in. But he's got to. Uh, to make it into a uh, into a, a top quality unit both mentally and physically, and i don 't think that necessarily happens overnight
1: uh, th- what about the thing is that obviously suddenly 've got one player in um, mm-hmm. the, the thing is obviously you 've got inzogiaa uh, training, and you 've mm-hmm. also got Stephen Pienaar in there surely uh, who who are the players who are talking about that because i don 't know this you may know i 'm mm-hmm. not sure, but which players would you to come in that were Kai by
0: Moyes?
1: Do we know? Uh, well, I would,
7: I would say a hold rather than necessarily kiboshed, um, but obviously, sort of, uh, I think Sam has been looking at West Ham. He wants a big, he wants a big striker to play alongside Jermaine Defoe. He's got, got. I mean, Moyes might have that same view, but we looking in a different direction. Um, but they're in, a, they're in a real difficult situation, son. They've bought one player and. It, Probably Sunderland fans are scratching their head. Obviously, they're after a strike as soon as possible. We might have to wait a little bit for the striker to come in, but it's not ideal that the season's about to start this weekend. And, and you've you've only brought one player in who's a centre half who's not necessarily guaranteed to start the game. Might do. Um, and also you look at his Chelsea involvement and he cost Chelsea two point seven million pound, barely played, and Sunderland suddenly paid eight million for him. Uh, that had me scratching my head. You've got to hope <laughs> yeah. that uh, you've, you've, you've got to hope that maybe Moises knows much more than we do, and he's actually signed a gem who's worth twice as much as a million by the end of the season. Mm-hmm. But we don't know. Um, and also, it's clear that some of they're going to be a really thin squad at the start of the season. It might not matter too much for the Man City game coming this weekend. I don't think anyone's necessarily expecting someone to get anything out of that game anyway. Um, but it would have been nice. It would have been nice if, say, Allardyce had stayed and you had a half a dozen mm-hmm. signings in because Allardyce would have been looking forward to the Man City game because he'd been thinking, get, get a top-class team like that early on the season. You might catch some half sleepings from the holidays. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to be the case now because I don't think some have got the personnel in quick enough to mm-hmm. and, uh, have enough of a gelled team to, to cause an upset at Man City. So it's a case of the next two or three games after that where and need to really kind of look at, uh, at getting points and hopefully uh, he'll have a few more signings in by then.
1: Yeah, hopefully. I've got Chris Parry corn in for America. Uh, he's. We're going to quickly ask him uh, his thoughts on Sunday before we get to Newcastle. Uh, mm-hmm. Just hold on one second, Grim. Hi, Chris. Welcome back. Hey, how's it going? Not too bad. How's it
4: going,
5: guys?
1: Hi, uh, how Chris. T- good, good to speak to you. I've got Graham Anderson on the line. Give, what's your thoughts on Sunderland? Obviously, because you're going to be seeing a lot more them on NBC in America. Uh, what's your take on the fact that Moyes has taken over? And you and uh, uh, Graham can have a quick chat about it. Go ahead.
5: Well, I think uh, I mean I think Moyes is a great manager. He kind of got railroaded at Manchester United. They they just never gave him a chance. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it was always going to be tough to try to follow Sir Alex and try to you know and try to do something and. We'll see. I mean, uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, let's be honest, Sunderland's been able to stay up because of Newcastle United the last couple of seasons. I mean, they've been, they've been able to get six points and, mm. and, uh, <laughs> and get their victories against their rivals. I mean, their, their mm. rivals have actually been a big reason why Sunderland's been able to stay up. So they no longer have those six points, you know, that, that are ready for them. So, I don't. I mean, I think Moyes, if he's going to try to turn Sunderland into, you know, kind of like what Everton is, kind of yeah. like what Everton was, a hard-working yeah, everybody, yeah, everybody going for the cause, and as long as they do that, I think they should be fine.
7: I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with that. I think uh, the best thing about it is that Moyes is such a top quality manager. I agree with what you said about Manchester United, and I think that uh, when Van Hal followed um, Moyes, it just—I mean, Van Gaal when everything, everything going, and he couldn't really kind of uh, bring success back to the table. So I just showed you what a difficult job that was. I've, Watched him for years. I've always admired Moyes. I think I, mean, I know how he runs his training ground. He runs a very open training ground. He's very much about the social responsibility of the players to the community, about about becoming part of the community, about building a team. All those things are great. All good ticks uh, ticks for him on, on the box. The downside is the circumstances in which he's come in. You know, just weeks before the season, with Sunderland not having signed anybody. Um, and and of course, of course, there's time ticks. If someone lose to Man City. At the weekend, as most people will expect, then when David Moyes rings a club up uh, and asks inquires about a player, he might just find an extra million pounds up on that player's um, price tag because the manager's thinking, well, someone desperately need bring players in, I might be able to get myself a few more quid here, and some don't have a massive transfer budget, nowhere near what, nowhere near what Newcastle had last season. Um, so they've got to kind of use it sparingly. And uh, he, a bit like I mentioned earlier, Rafa has a big challenge on his hands, which he does. So does David
5: Moyes. Are you surprised, well, If Defoe can, oh. can keep banging the goals in the way he's been doing, I think Sunderland I mean, one thing Sunderland had that Newcastle just hasn't for the last couple of years is they've had a goal scorer. They've had a guy that give him one chance, which, you know, in the premiership, that's really all you get is a couple of chances. You give him one yeah. or two chances, he's going to put one of those in the back of the net. And so many times, and you know you've been watching Newcastle as well, just like we've been suffering watching Newcastle. You know, they've had guys right in front of the net who just couldn't put the ball, you know, couldn't put the ball away. So I yeah. really think Defoe, I mean, I mean, as long as they score goals, they should be fine. Now, the problem with, sometimes with Sunderland has been their defense. They, you know, they get riddled in the back. And I'm, I'm wondering, if, you know, if is Yandre Edlin, is he staying with, uh, with Sunderland mm-hmm. or is he back with Tottenham? It's still up in the air. He's back with Tottenham at the moment. Um, I know that someone
7: uh, are monitoring the situation, but I don't know if Yedlin was the answer anyway. Personally, um, I don't think I don't. Uh, I've got my doubts whether Yedlin will be a Moyes sort of player anyway. I think yeah, he's um, better
5: attacking. He's not really good defense. I mean, that's, yeah, and, that's, and that's kind of the thing. I mean, that's kind of what what holds him back. Moyes is all about being strong and sturdy at the back.
7: Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I mean, I don't think Yedlin is um, particularly... I, mean, I, th- I think in also Yedlin and some of those left back, Patrick Van Aanholt, because mm. they, they were both so gung-ho in, in attacking, I mm. think uh, often it left the defence exposed, and Moyes might tolerate one player like that in Van Aanholt, but I don't see him necessarily tolerating two. Uh,
1: Graham, is it odd that um, this is the manager that Southern have wanted for a long, long time, And they're giving them next to to nothing in money. Does that
7: make any sense? I think it's all all time and circumstance. I remember when Peter E was in charge of something, and he was desperate for a big budget uh, for several years, and he couldn't get it because of the the, the situation at the club at the time. Uh, And then when he finally did get a bit of money, it was too late. Um, The club was on the slide, and the signings he got in weren't great. It's all about timing, really. You look at the Roy Keane era, when Nellis Short had first taken over, uh, and the consortium, Irish consortium, was on board, the amount of mm-hmm. money that Keane got was colossal mm-hmm. but um, for the circumstances. But times change, and I think Ellis Short has probably become a bit wary of, of having given plenty of money he will feel to, to previous managers and not got re- the return. So if there is money there, it's not mindfully by any stretch of the imagination. It's a good budget. What I'm saying is uh, Moyes will have to work within that budget because it's not... It's not uh, he, it's not colossal. And I agree with what you're saying to a certain extent, Andrew, which is that if this is a guy that they've wanted to for four or five years and there's that much trust in him, why yeah. not double his budget and really go for it?
1: Yeah, you're going to need to. I think with the Premier League evolving the way it has, the way it does weekly, uh, you're going to have to spend big money. I think you're looking at 50 to 70 million, if they don't spend it, the good thing is you've got Moyes and Moyes will get that team... Yeah.
7: The one thing I would say, just is I'll, 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 I'll let you, you, you yeah. talk in a second, just, just one point I'd like to make is yeah. that there's been a bit of a sea change amongst the owners of clubs um, from, in, the, in the American um, side of things from Randy Lerner, Ellis Short, um, yeah. where I think there's a perception now that if you want to finish in the top four, or the top five or six even, you're looking at spending £100 million, um, yeah. and, and quite a few of the chairmen. Of the, clubs, of the Premier League clubs, I think, have thought, you know what, we're not going to spend £100 million. If we can finish somewhere between 8th uh, and uh, above 18th, we'll be happy. So it's almost kind of... Uh Quite a few chairmen um, and El Shaw could be one of them, where they go. Right, you know, we'll we'll, tr- we'll we'll try and aim high. We'll try and do the best we can. We don't want to hold the managers back, mm-hmm. but we're not going to go down that road that some the, the handful of top clubs can do of saying like 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 Man City can do, and a couple, a couple of others of saying, right, we'll spend 100 million pounds,
5: no problem. Mm, well, the t- worst t- thing that happened, the worst thing that happened, guys, is that you know Moyes gets brought in late. I mean, the best thing that some of them could have done this year is get their business done early because now everyone's just going to pit, take them to the sword. With, you know, mm. Because, I mean, with, with all the money that all the teams got in the premiership, mm. I mean, the, the fees, the, the, amount of, the amount of money you're having to pay just to get one player is the kind of money that you could have spent to get, bring in two or three players.
7: You know, yeah, I agree with that. And
5: all, and all, and all, I agree that, and
7: not only that, also, you would want to bring those players in early, because you bring those players in early, you've then got the whole summer to gel them into a team, whereas even if you get good players coming in now you're kind of they're, they're strangers to each other for a few weeks it just take, mm-hmm. takes time to gel so that is a big big disappointment from Sunday's point of view
1: mm-hmm. well it'll all unfurl in the next couple of weeks uh graham but thanks for coming on i will be in touch with you uh about other stuff as well so thanks for coming on it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on and uh, talking all things it. sunday it's been a nice nice talking I'm, with I'm, you yeah thanks very much graham. Cheers. take care mate bye, now. Cheers. bye. It's, see, isn't it good when you have um, Chris? When you you have Sunderland perspective, a Newcastle perspective. Like it's it's all for me. It's always enjoyable because you know we're always painted Newcastle and Sunderland fans are being. It's uh, you know it, it completely different warp sensibilities. When really we're we're kind of just looking for this the same type of um, a balance really in, in our football.
5: Yeah, I'd rather have Newcastle. You know. Topple Sunderland, to be honest with you but i i was i played yeah. nice I played nice with the with the Sunderland, what the with the Sunderling. but now you're right though i mean it's uh it's i don't know man it's, it's it was frustrating to watch you know yeah, I paid all really? that money for that for that yeah. special subscription uh to this thing that we have to watch so we can watch the championship now and I, I don't know about you, but I thought it was more of the same it was more of the same i mean my goodness, just absolutely no inventiveness whatsoever after after it hit midfield um that game is crying out for Mitrovic if he could just keep his head on straight. But he, you know, he can't. And I think, I, I guess, that's why I'm reading things that they're going that they may send him on, because they're so afraid that he's going to get two yellow cards or a red card like that quick. But it's, they really, I think Mitrovic would absolutely shine in the championship. What do you think? I think um, Mitrovic hasn't got
1: any pace, and the problem I have with him is that. I personally think you could probably get two or three strikers with a bit more about them uh, than who have been in that league. We need strikers in that league, and the th- it's when you watch Mitrovic when he did when he did play uh, for Newcastle, he's got nothing once he gets the ball. Everything about him is in the box. Um, once or twice you'll see him score, like we did see him score a beauty against Man United, but. Um, it with with him. It's always going to be a work in progress, and I think um, I, I, would, I would I would if I had to, I would say yes. I'll keep him, but I'd have to bring in two other big strikers along, alongside of him because you can't. Can we actually accept? You know, just him and another and another a big lad up front. You need four. You need at least five strikers, and we've more or less got three strikers already. Who are small
5: but fast? Yeah. So you, why were they yeah. playing long balls over the top? I mean, oh, I I, 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 I was it. like, what am I watching here? Mm-hmm. It was uh, it it was quite extraordinary. This the the tactics that they decided to, to roll out against Fulham, and I really didn't like the fact that Fulham celebrated like they just won them, the Premiership <laughs> when they beat Newcastle. You know, at the end when I mean Newcastle's a relegated team. I mean, come on now. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that's what it's going to be like in every game. It, it's uh to me as much as in the premiership it's all about keeping a clean sheet it's about you know keeping goals down. I don't think that's going to be the case. It's going to be the way it needs to be done in, in uh this year. I think Newcastle needs to score goals. Whether they give up a goal here or there so be it. Let's take 3-1 wins or 4-2 victories. Yeah, you know, but we can't I think this one nothing stuff is going to really if they try to do that they're going to be in trouble in this league.
1: Yeah, I think I uh, thought that's that, that's the trouble. You see, I think we're, we're getting used to the fact that you know, all a lot of the media, and I wouldn't say Newcastle fans at all, but a lot of the media are are putting Newcastle to to win it all and to win it quite comfortably, and it worries. Obviously, that worries me because, you know, until, unless we get on a roll, like the, if you look at if you look at Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough to me, I can't believe they got out of that league. They but they had a mindset. They went they had a wobble. Like, you always have a wobble with a manager. And they've been buying slowly. So, I think with Newcastle, because more is expected, because it's Newcastle, got Rafa Benita, Chapman's league winner.
5: <laughs> you know, yeah, well, I mean, of course, of course, the one thing that Newcastle needs to do and you're, in my opinion, to get up, I mean, and really, mm-hmm. and it's, and they're very capable of doing it, is win every single home game, which if I remember correctly, yeah. that's pretty much, I think they went undefeated at home the last mm-hmm. time they were down in the championship, and just, and grab some points here on the road. You know, I mean, they'll be good enough to beat, you know, beat, to beat teams. The, the, the whole road thing, not getting a victory on the road thing has to stop, and I think that they'll, once they start getting success and feeling that, okay, we're better than these teams, They'll start, they'll start playing the way we expect. But right now, I mean, I have, I have to, be, to be honest with you. I would just not soon, I would not like to see anybody who was in the starting 11 from Newcastle United last year on the pitch this year because all they know is a losing mentality except for the guys that were on the field like the last five games when Newcastle played really well. I mean, how the heck does Jamal LaSalle not mark a 6-6 forward on a corner kick? I mean, that, that's their only play. Is to mm-hmm. kick it to that guy. That was their only, the only option they had. How many times were people wide open on set pieces? And mm-hmm. last year, and last year, and of course, you know, of course, it, it bites, uh, it bites Newcastle again. Yes, two ridiculous handballs that weren't mm-hmm. called. And, uh, and if that's what's going to happen this year, then I think Newcastle just needs to score goals and not worry about what the referees are going to give them or not give them.
1: Yeah, I think uh, it was probably the only thing I took from the. The end of the game was at least the player was, was the player was um, he was honest. We had an honest honest manager come out and say, well, you know, yes, um, like, you know, referees make mistakes, uh, but we just got to get on. I think um, I you know I I think because we we had seen Newcastle play exactly the way they had played uh, all season away from home. So, you know, watching it, you're right, you're just just watching the same thing all the time. But um, I think this season, because it is such a long season, if Newcastle get on a roll, we get a couple more strikers in, because, you know, I think uh, we've got so many players, fringe players, uh, in the midfield especially, but the one thing that worries me, probably worries you, is that who's going to create the goals?
5: And, um, yeah, Hayden, Hayden's going to have to really show why Arsenal was so high on him. I mean, yeah. He just is. I, I, I thought I thought he did some things. At times, I thought Shelby. You know, Shelby got some stick on uh, on social media, but mm. I thought Shelby created some things once mm. he got in there. I mean, my gosh, at least he got. It's just there his attitude I
1: worry about. Yeah, that's the that thing I thought
5: Armstrong did some great things. Armstrong came out there. I mean, a, Yossi, a Yossi just keeps losing the ball. I get tired of a Yoshi player. Yeah, of course, callback is just driving me nuts. And so yeah. is Anita. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can see it was just yeah. bad all around.
1: Yeah, the, the, that's the thing, isn't it? Because uh, Teo is being linked with the move away, and it looks like he's going to go away anyway. Uh, like I think you heard, you heard Neil, didn't you, say that? Um, you know, they, they basically just had to press the button on the computer of the of the of the the team in in uh, Dubai, and he was their player. But okay. obviously, something happened money wise that they they didn't agree with fee with Newcastle so he's back but you know i i, I i'm one of these people okay if he's back in the t- if he's back in the team and they're going to sell him put put him in the team you know we have still got three points to win he he does a lot of things in that midfield which uh, helps any any player and, and it it doesn't help does it when players are giving balls away and and i i just thought watching watching Anita and you're watching, um, uh, you know, callback doing the same as what they normally do. It's like, well, if they're going to leave, there's there's always three points available. Why not just take them? He's he's being paid by the club. I think that's what's going to be, until the end of the window, we're going to see a lot of uh, players being uh, linked with Newcastle. I think it's the overall piece of it all. I think it'll be quite good. Once, yeah, we, we'll once I mean, you know who...
5: A lot's going to happen. This week, they need to hit the ground running. They need to take mm. care of business at home. That's all there is to it. I mean, I'm interested in seeing Diame and kind of see... Uh, I imagine he'll have his debut or he'll be able to get out there. And i I'm maybe hopefully, Rolando Aaron does start. Anita had a great preseason, but this isn't the preseason anymore. I mean, these guys, I mean, Anita... Just, uh, Vernon Anita just kept losing the ball. He kept losing mm. the ball or he kept making bad passes. And uh, if you really can't do that in the premiership, so uh, maybe you can get away with it in the championship. But this – did you see all the scores in the championship? Every single one of them were like multiple goal games. Mm -hmm. You can't win one to nothing. This is not a one to nothing league. You need need guys that can put the ball in the back of the net. And that's the one thing Newcastle has been lacking for the last couple of years. So – I mean, I think he ought to give Armstrong a go. He showed that he could score goals. I know it was a little bit lower of a level, but yeah. um, at least he's shown he's, he's capable of putting the ball in the back of and net. Dwight Gale looked kind of like a fish out of water, didn't he? I mean, yeah. I thought he worked real I thought he worked real well for the team. He worked hard, uh, you know, put a shift in. I was very impressed with Richie. Oh, I was so impressed with Richie. They, they've looks like he's got
1: all the time in the wing, world, isn't he? Speed, yeah. wing oh, speed looks
5: fantastic. So, I mean, there's a lot of positives to take, mm-hmm. but yet it's still off the end of a loss. So mm. let's see what happens going forward. Like I said, it's a long season, so they they can stumble a little bit as long mm. as they get rolling. Like the team that you know, like with Carroll and mm. and Nolan and uh, mm. and and whatnot. Uh, how they just get remember they just got on a roll. They got a roll, and mm. they, it didn't seem like they lost for months. Mm. I and mean, they were just fantastic. I think that's what Newcastle needs to do.
1: Give me give me a score for for Saturday before I bring in Steve Hasty.
5: Three nil. Love it, love it. To, they are going to. <laughs> Put it on, and, it's, and, it's,
1: and it'll be about time. The unfortunate thing, you won't be able to watch it. Uh, I don't think. Uh, it's I, I, I'll, live I'll, and... find I'll find a way. I'll find a
5: way. If it's on B and Sport, then I'll find a way. If otherwise, hopefully. yeah, I'll just have to follow
1: it on Twitter. Well, it's lovely to have you back on, Chris, and uh, it, I've, I've, I've missed, uh, missed you being on here. So hopefully, oh, I've got some news actually as well for you quite soon. So I'll send you a message uh, quite soon on that as well. But thanks for coming on, and we'll we'll catch you next week. Okay.
5: Sounds good. good. Hopefully we're talking after a victory.
1: Hopefully. Thanks a lot, Chris. No, Appreciate no, it. No, no, no. Cheers, Bye. mate. Take care now. Bye-bye. Well, great to have uh, Chris Parry calling in from uh, Dallas, Texas. And now uh, we, we have on the show our regular guest, Steve Hastie from Newcastle's Fans Forum. Good evening.
6: Evening, Andrew. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Yourself?
1: I not too bad. So, Have you been listening tonight, um, obviously, a with uh, yeah. all the experts? Uh, what's your take I on t- it?
6: T- so much Sunderland chat. <laughs> <laughs> let's, get,
1: let's get back to the proper football. <laughs> I, I thought it was quite interesting actually because well, you know like it, how they. Um, I felt sorry for Graham actually because he put one um, he put one tweet on there about Newcastle being deluded, and he gets hammered on social media the next day. But. That's right, football, quite right isn't
6: it? too. quite right too. In, uh, <laughs> what, what do you think playing
1: should up? <laughs> so, so what's been your... Obviously, I saw you a couple weeks ago, but what's... Um, obviously, with Newcastle, it's kind of all been positive since the dreaded relegation. Um, I've, I'm one of these people that think, well, yes, it's it could... I think until we actually get to the, um, the international break when the, the transfer window's over, we can see where we're at and what players have left... So I think it's going to be interesting, but I must, admit I'm I'm of the mind that it's going to be ups and downs, and I'm hoping to be on the playoff spots. What's your take on all things Rafa and Newcastle United?
6: Well, I mean, we a start, Andrew. It's a long season, got forty-six yeah. games, you know. That, that's the first thing. So we knew we knew as well with the squad that we had that had taken us down that that squad wouldn't have brought us back up. So there need to be changes and. Uh, when I think when the when the decision was made that Rafa was staying, obviously he's been given uh, carte blanche. Really, he's, he's, mm-hmm. he's been he's been put in charge of the club. You know, he's he's in charge mm-hmm. of everything, and quite rightly too, because that's what uh, what it's about. And as Rafa said, it's a project for him. This, he's uh, he's going to take it forward. He, he's fallen in love with the City. He's fallen in love with the fans. He's fallen in love with the club, um, and he and he's 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 put his neck on the line and uh, he, he's as excited I think as we are and that, that's what we want We want, and it's coming over that way it's not coming over as false platitudes or anything like mm. that that we've had in the past from previous managers who have come in and, and you know been on the media courses and said the right words and mm. uh, that they've been told by the PR people to say it's, it's different Rafa Rafa's his own man mm. and I think it's so refreshing and I think that's what's got the buzz of, of Newcastle fans more than anything uh, that we've actually seen now for the first time in what, eight or nine years that we have a football man in charge of the football club who is being allowed to be in charge of the football club and all aspects of the football club and i think if the truth be known uh, when you when you, you when you look at uh, what they've tried in the past where hands have been tied behind people's backs whether it's been director's hands behind their backs or Coaches' hands behind their backs, or, or or whatever, you know. The press guys' hands turned behind their back. What, whoever it's been, it's different this time. We've got a we've we've got something that that seems to have ignited the spark back into the uh, the Newcastle fans, and we're and we're grasping it. You know, there's there's all sorts of initiatives going on. There's all sorts of excitement buzzing around the town. Um, and it's just an exciting time once again to be a Newcastle fan, even at my age, you know. And I'm, I was, I was excited for the for the last game, for the Fulham match. Uh, you know, I went into the town to watch it in the pub. I didn't expect the pub to be as uh, absolutely rammed as it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one that I chose, I, I, I chose the pub thinking it would be a little bit quiet. I didn't expect it to be eight deep at the bar and you only managed to get mm-hmm. two pints in the first half. You know, <laughs> but, uh, but it, it showed that you know the, the the age group of the people who were out watching the game and the bar I was in. It wasn't just all youngsters. You know, there was it was right across the board. There was families in. There was all that guys. There was groups. Big groups of people who had come in together, how to make it a big occasion, you know, and it was great. The atmosphere was tremendous, and obviously the result didn't go our way, but I think a lot of people looked at it and they came out thinking, right, well, we've seen the job he's got in hand, and he'll have seen the job he's got in hand, and he's ha- we've identified the players who weren't up for it first game that you would have expect would have been, um, and then we'll take it from there, you know. I
1: think um, because I did when when the end of the season, season came and the fans came out with with such great enthusiasm and love for rafa Benitez i, I was in Australia at the time, so i couldn't really i watched the the game i couldn 't believe the result really but that there was the non stop cheering for for that but for one person to come and save Newcastle. This is how big it is, isn't it? Do, do you agree that, that with him staying, it's, it's saving the Newcastle fan base from worrying that we mightn't get back in the Premiership for maybe three to five years, the fact that you he's staying I
6: think it's done, Andrew? I think, I I think, 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 I think Rafa Benitez staying has saved the club from total implosion, yeah, quite I frankly, think. and I think that yeah. that's where it was heading. And I think, by the look and the grace of god they seem to have managed to 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 get to convince rafa who's convinced him i don't know whether it is the fans whether it's himself that has seen something that he wants to do and whether whether he's he's been given all sorts of assurances i think it's a combination of, of many many things if the truth be known but he he saved that club i think just by his sheer presence from what would have been total implosion uh, there's no way that the club could have seen through the close season uh, without rafa um, financially um, i think it would have been you know virtually impossible um, because the fans would not have been back in the club in the manner that we have i mean 38 39,000 season ticket holders. Mm. you know people who have signed up um, it, it, it's unbelievable, the buzz and the excitement that's on the ground, the, the fans that a, a year ago, maybe two years ago would have been having a pop at every single thing mm-hmm. that came out of the, of the mouth of, of club officials um, are, n- are now 100% behind what Rafa's trying to do and want to be part of it and, and, that, and quite rightly so because we, you know he's, he's taking a gamble on, on us. And, uh, you know, as fans, that's all we can do is is, is back the man and and support him. And there's no question that we've done that, you know, plenty so far. Um, I mean, he's a god already, isn't he? (laughs) And we haven't even had a home game yet. And Saturday is going to be a tremendous home game. I mean, the, the, the initiative that's gone on. Um, through one of the fan groups, who's who's brought together the the Gallagher flags, I think it's an absolutely fantastic initiative. We've got a we've got a group of fans who are out there making a film uh, covering the entire season. Uh, you know the the story of the season from the fans' eye. You know these type of initiatives, these type of things are happening, and it, and it's created such a buzz around the place. You know, and and everybody seems to have been be behind each other. You know, everybody seems to be supportive of each other, and it, it, it seems to be. A, a total sea change in what I've experienced among fan groups over the last uh, eight or nine years, and, and and thank God for it, and long may it continue. Because you know, if we get the success on the football pitch with Rafa, and we get, and we get promoted uh, back into the Champions, into the Premier League, uh, you know, who knows where Rafa can then take us with the, the the buzz and the excitement, and uh, you know, his his drive and determination, um, and how he can then drive. Um, the club and he can drive the owner into into putting us back on the on the top again,
4: you know.
6: Mm. Well, what's your thoughts on?
1: Um, there's so many players in that team, but I think the one thing that um, I think, obviously, when you when you when you see the way we played on Friday, it wasn't really jaw dropping to me because it just it looks similar to what we've done we did last season anyway. But yeah. um, I, I think against Fulham, I don't think it matters how we play. I just think they've got. They've got our number, you know, and I, at the start of the match, I'm thinking it won't matter what we do because they're going to find they're going to find a way to win, or or they're going to do something spectacular, and obviously I think people are jumping on Lascelles when, you know, these things happen in football, you lose a player, um, which is which was a bit odd, wasn't it? Because he had that player in his pocket. All game. Well, was,
6: we see, well yeah, yeah, The lad came on and he scored a great goal. But I mean, let's mm. face it. You know, if if the defence can't organise themselves to stick somebody on the back post when there's a corner being taken, then yeah, you know, you've got to start asking the asking the questions about whoever it is that's in that defence at that particular time. You know, if set pieces set pieces we've seen have been a bit of an Achilles heel for mm. us in the close season, when we, and yet again we fell for it. Whether it was because we had a center half in who had, you know, was making his debut for the club and had and hadn't really been at the club and uh, and played that many games in the preseason. And whether it was because you know they just they just switched off in the, in the heat of battle, and whether the slip that that occurred um, w- was something to do with it, the giveaway for the corner mm-hmm. um, in the first place, you know, at that particular time, letting letting the ball roll out for a corner, um, so close to. To you know what we soon as it, soon as it went for a corner there was a crowd in, in the pub you know a <laughs> 43rd minute who just went this will be it this is this is where oh, we're going to get done you know you just you could just see it you just thought and then when you saw him slip and the header come in and there's nobody at the back post and we're trying to we've got players there who are trying to be zonally marking the the, the 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 box and not watching the runner coming in and leaving the guy who's what six foot three to get a free header on the ball. Um, but if I, if I was to criticise, obviously I'm criticising the, the, the defence there and I'm criticising the organisation. I thought we played the ball from the back too slow. I mm. thought that the, uh, you, you talked earlier about the need for to have three strikers mm. in this league and three midfield players. Yeah. If you're going to do that, your three midfield players have got to be fairly mobile. You can't get away with, with what, we, what we had, which was two central midfield players playing so deep um mm-hmm. that there were almost both of them playing set, like defensive midfield players with the defenders so far back behind them that you know that those little things that Rafa will spot hopefully and, and be able to put right um whether I often wonder whether players go out under orders to play a certain way or whether mm-hmm. you know they, 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 as the situation arises they, they, they form back into some sort of like um set role that they have you know it 's called back one of those players who just his default position is to always play 10 yards further back <laughs> than he's supposed to play. Is it, you know, does his passes always have to go sideways? Mm. You know, Anita has been looking great in, cl- in the pre-season mm. and then he turns up into a performance like that where you know he couldn't, he couldn't trap a bag of cement on mm. Friday night, you know. Um, whether the whole occasion got to those players and whether that tells you a little bit about their temperament um, because it was with, you know, in front of 7,000 travelling fans yeah. First game of the season With a lot of expectation on their, on their backs mm. um, It's going to be interesting to see who comes in on Saturday like, You've had a few conversations with a few of the players mm. Including Lee Early Doors there When the Army will be coming in to make his debut I think he probably will He yeah. came in probably just a little bit too late last week For it to be considered for a Friday night game I think if the game had been Saturday Rafa might have thrown him in So we'll see what happens there. We've got, yeah. There's obviously issues. You put Sissoko in with Diame. Well, well, if Sissoko's still here, who knows whether he will be? Personally, Um, you know, if if Sissoko's one of your best players, then you play one of your best players. But if that player um, mentally is is not uh, wanting to be here, um, he's not necessarily on strike, but he's not far off it, is he? In terms of what (laughs) we're reading in the paper. Um, but again we don't know because it's just it's just uh, what certain journalists are picking up from or you know, certain uh, certain vibes that are it. coming out. You don't yeah. know whether it's something that's put round by agents or by people in the summer or anything, you just don't mm. know. Um I expect him to be to be gone by then. We do need some more strikers coming in. Um, I'm listening to what you're saying about uh, about um, Mitrovic and, yeah. and whether or not he is the born stolen player that, that we're looking for. Um we definitely were crying out for Mitrovic. That was his sort of game, yeah. um, because of the, because of the nature of where we played. You know, mm. I think we'll as a, as the season evolves, I think we'll see, um, you know, the, the 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 full squad being utilised. You know, um, and I think there'll be a, quite a few players leaving. You know, a lot of those yeah, things that yeah. need to be gone no, that are probably aren't going to be. I don't think I don't know whether there is a limit on how many you can have in your squad in the in the EFL. Um, I'm yeah, not I sure. About I looked that. at the rulebook, yeah. and, and I couldn't find anything that says. Um, and I know you can bring lone players in, and all sorts. It's totally different to the to the Premier League, you know, mm. where you have a, a set squad and, and age groups and age bands, and it becomes, you know, almost as though you need a PhD in mathematics <laughs> and pure <laughs> math to try and work out who can play when and where, you know. But uh, it's going to be an interesting season, Andrew. I'm looking forward to Saturday. Um, I'm looking forward to the season progressing um, I do think we will go up I think that uh, the strength and depth that we'll have with our squad should be good enough to see us through um, I think there's a there are some good teams in there but it's a long hard season and uh, mm-hmm. You know, there's going to be plenty of twists and turns and plenty of defeats and plenty of results that won't go our way. Mm. And uh, we'll come across more and more referees who seem to have lacked <laughs> yeah. the ability to, to spot a handball. Um, we were talking about it in the office today. And uh, let's face it, it's far easier if it just went back to the old rules. And I'm showing the age here that if the ball hits your hand, it's mm. a penalty. Just leave it at that. Seth yeah. Blatter isn't involved in FIFA anymore. <laughs> Let's go back and move the corruption out of football and put football back the way it used to be, you know? Um, get, get these crazy rules about offside and whether you're involved in the game or whether you're really meant to do something, you know? Uh, get all. It, it hits your hand in the box. That's what the box is for. Book a,
1: it's a penalty. Um, exactly. Well, give me a score for Saturday before I bring in John.
6: I'll go. I'll go. I'll go with Chris Parry. I'll go with a three-nil as well. I'll, Come I'll on, I'll that's win. it.
1: I'll <laughs>
6: go. I'll go for that, and it will probably end up with a one 0 draw. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Typical Newcastle. Eh? All right. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on. To, oh, actually, um, hopefully, when you have the next fans forum, he might, be, Mister Benitez, might be there.
6: Next fans Forum's Wednesday night. Ooh. Wednesday night's next Ooh. fans forum, um, and uh, I think. Uh, the uh, will will the, the fans forum? It's it's this one's actually with Noah from last season because if you remember, we didn't have an yeah. in the season. Fans forum for one reason yeah. or another, you I know, mean, I think things were all They didn't get a mm-hmm. chance to do things, and then a lot of the fans forum members were on holiday or unavailable. But fans forum on Wednesday night, which will be the last of last season and the first of this season, um, and uh, we'll we'll be interesting to hear what the club's got to say. Um, be interesting to hear what the other fan forum members have got to say. Um, and I'm looking forward to that, but I'm, I'm also looking forward to the the guys who are making the film, Andrew, yeah, to I've get them on yeah. some point in time, get Zara and her team on and talk about okay. how the, uh, the Kickstarter's going. And if there's anyone out there who wants to throw some money into the Kickstarter, then uh, just follow Geordie's FF on uh, www.jordysff.com. Mm-hmm. And they can see how the Kickstarter's progressing, and see some of the fantastic uh, rewards that are on offer if you support, uh, you cast United and you support the Kickstarter, um, and drop yeah, some of the pennies in.
1: Yeah. yeah, I'll get them on. Let, let have it when you see them. Let let them know, and I'll uh, I'll send a word to to get maybe even get them on next week because you might as well jump on it as soon as as uh, as when, when I know I'll get on it. So um, absolutely. Let me know then, get in touch with them because um, tell them they can come on next Monday if you see them, and then obviously I'll follow them on Twitter. I uh, will we'll, we'll get them I'll, on I'll next week, well. I'll
6: get them on for you, no problem. Lovely.
1: Thanks, Steve. I appreciate it. Great. Thanks a Great. lot, mate. Care Take care. Ta-ra. Ta-ra. Bye. Well, as ever, Steve Hasty get given us loads and loads of information with regards to what's happening with Newcastle and obviously the next Fans Forum meeting, which is Wednesday. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see Rafa Benitez turn up. So that'll be interesting for all the folks that that go to the fans forum. Well, I'm bringing in John, Newcastle City fan from uh, many, many uh, shows on my show. Good evening, John.
4: Andrew, um, great to hear from you again, mate. So for a couple of months, and um, it's just great to hear
1: from you. Good evening. Good evening. So obviously, I was in I was in Australia on me back, getting a suntan like yours, and um, um, <laughs> watching watching newcastle get relegated it does feel better when you're thousands and thousands of miles away i have to say but um yeah so it's been an interesting last couple of couple of months and um, what's been your uh, take on it uh, with so many players coming and going and obviously the great one rafa stein
4: well for rafa the i mean that's fantastic mm. news um it's really fantastic because i was quite worried what well, was going to happen to Newcastle if Rafa mm. decided it's not that the job's off for him and mm. it's, it's just honestly um, I'm just, just the more we asked to stay the more they stay at a club it just lifted the whole place mm. um, the place the city the fans the players were so happy that he's going to stay and mm. um, for us to get relegated I mean yeah to be quite honest with you I mean Rafa had no chance if they uh, did get enough games to save us but having still that sort of thing. what what happened then, happened now, and this is the guy who's going to get
1: us back up, back to the top again.
4: Yeah,
1: it was, um, I think um, the amount of, with what happened, it was so important that when he did stay, he had complete and utter control of the whole club. And the way that he's conducted himself since then, bringing everybody together, reaching out to the press, reaching out to all the 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 little things that involve Newcastle, um, the the one thing I would suggest is that with the changes he's made, we're going to see yep. a Newcastle United in in every single um, league we're in. Uh, that's the, the academy, the under 21s, under 17, yep. under 15. You're going to see a style of play. That's going to be the same all the way through the teams, and I think that's very important because we haven't had a Newcastle way of playing for many, many years. And uh, I think with Rafa, we will see that.
4: A question of so far. We needed, we needed a complete change for years and years and years. Now it's happened right and yeah. um, like I said the players um, it's just gonna like you just said there it's gonna be total change and um, it's gonna be from the youth to the old players as well what we've got and like you said there's gonna be a lot of changes and it's gonna be different style of player and um, I just think it's gonna be for the better and the longer after stays with us right the better the football club will be I really do I think um,
1: I yeah. think are oh, you know? Are you one of these people that thinks well because Rafa stays, you automatically think we're going to we're going to stay up, we're going to go up the first attempt, or do you think um, there's a bit? It's a that's just the media trying to push Newcastle as being the favourites for the league.
4: Well, let's put one thing. I heard a few people saying that uh, Newcastle is going to grow undefeated. Well, that's mm. never, ever going to happen to me, Andrew. That's an absolute myth. We're just never going to grow through undefeated. We are going to get a couple of defeats along the way, maybe mm. about four, five, six games on the way, and still go up, you know what I mean? But all I care about now right, is Newcastle, how we go, whether we win the league or where we finish second for the playoffs. I want us to get back into the Premier League and this man will get us there. But the mm. players, it'll take some time the players, to get used to that. Us. It may take about eight to ten games, get used to us. Mm. And then after that, if we if we put on a good run, then you just watch us go. Because I'll tell you something, right? I mean, our home games is going to get us promoted this season. Maybe a couple couple of away wins as well. But I just really do... Hope that we go up this season, and this guy is going to take us there
1: i think um when it comes to i think um like i think I think Rafa's actually already touched on it yeah. talking about the home games because the home games are going to lead to a um if when if when and if we start winning them and winning them quite easily or well, however it is, it yeah. will create um something that hasn't probably been seen in Newcastle probably since the The time we went down last time was in a ad- a Geordie identity of playing. I don't think we've had that for a long, long time. Uh, where I think uh, with the way, the way Rafa plays it, he has us very firmly up in, on the pitch, like a very high line. Um, the only thing I think I think the fact that he talked he, he talked to Perez, and a lot of players didn't play very well on Friday, but. The one thing about Perez is he's going to learn that league, but he's also got to be able to bring bring him off pretty quickly and change it, because he's one of these players. He'll he'll put a shift in for you, but you know he he, he won't do much as well. So I think with the changes that are being made, with the players that are coming in, there's a definite need for more strikers to come in and a ball playing mid, midfielder.
4: That's exactly what we need. We need a ball-playing midfielder, and we also need a striker badly as well. And also, touch on Perez there. I mean, I love the guy. He's a good player. Mm-hmm. But what also we have to realise as well, that defence is going to come on like a shot, and he's going to have mm-hmm. to get used to the rough and tumble of the league. right? Mm-hmm. And not only that, he needs to stay on his feet as well. The ones I noticed on Friday night, it's set pieces that have been really... Really poor, and also and also the home games. Rappers touched about the home games, right? I think we're going to win most of the home games anyway because we've got a an atmosphere, so it gives the opponents a hard, hard time. We just mm-hmm. got to get on top of them, get down the team, get things right, and like I said, we're going to win a lot of home games, you know.
1: Yeah, I think that's the most important thing because the next two are at home, and um, you know, I i I think if we get top quite early, you know a lot of things can happen since t- till then, but if we get top and we we build a bit of momentum and then we get a settled team. But when it comes to when it comes to this league the, you're gonna you're gonna have a settled team where you're gonna have to have a lot of players coming in and out just to be able to mm-hmm. you know change change against different teams different teams are gonna play different ways against us, a lot of them are gonna th- you know it's gonna be like a cup final. The one thing I'm surprised about—we're not on. Every, we should be on every week because we're gonna we're gonna bring in the money for the other clubs. But um, that's the only problem, isn't it? When you you play in that league, it's such a yeah. awful league to play in to watch, isn't it? It's not great to watch. Um,
4: no, it's not. It's not a great league to watch. Like, mean, it's, it's like watching just, Celtic. It's like, it's like hurley Burley. <laughs> it's not <a> silky. <laughs> league. A, it's not a silky <laughs> league. You're not gonna. Are you gonna get out this league? we're going to win games, mm. we have got to get in their faces as well. We can't mm. play pretty football all the time. Mm. This is the championship here. It's an unforgiving league, OK? Mm. And we have got to stand to our medal. We've got to stand up and fight. You know, it doesn't have to be pretty. Mm. But as long as you win, and that's the most mm. important thing, because all the other teams are going to come here. They're going to trade us a cup final, and they will give it their all. But we've got to be smart. We've got to mm. be better than one on the day.
1: So give, give me a score for um, Saturday before I end the show, give me a score.
4: Sure, um, the Huddersfield, I've got to say 3-0, 3-0 to Newcastle, because we need a reaction here on Saturday, the fans expect it, and I can see us um, getting that win, and I hope that the Abbey plays as well on Saturday, because this guy is absolutely awesome.
1: Yeah, I hope so too, and uh, it'll be interesting to see if Sissoko plays, but that's for another time, so we'll see what happens. I do, I do agree on the 3-0, so that's at least four three nils, and let's hope they do it, and uh, we'll catch you next week, John. Thanks for waiting tonight, and uh, Thank you. it's been a great show with all the guests that I've had on. It's been absolutely fantastic, so thanks for coming on, John, I'll catch you next week, mate.
4: Catch
1: you next week, mate. How we the lads, then. Uh, the lads. Are the lads, lads? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, John. Cheers yeah. now. Bye-bye. Bye.
4: Yeah,
1: Bye-bye well, that was a great chat with John to, to end the show. Uh, we've had uh, thank you very much to Lee Ryder and Graham Anderson for coming on the show tonight with my regular guest, Steve Hasty, Lee Johnson, Chris Parry, and Neil Mitchell calling from Dubai. I'm sure I'm missing somebody out. But um, we've had a really good show, the first show of the season, and we will be going on and on and on and on to see where Newcastle United end up. Remember, all you have to go is www.toontalk.co.uk and this show will be uh, available in about two minutes to download as well, listen back to, uh, to all the points that have been raised tonight. Thanks now, have a good evening.